It's Jax. What up, Dallas? Let's go. Martin Luther had a dream, but Freddy Krueger had a Ruger. Ex Malcolm hopped the picture, so now we back to the future. Now we back to these losers embracing death like they used to. Poking up, they just but listen, son, now you leaking that future. Huh? So who's the shooter? Hum, is it your man? Or was it a fan? Or was it a stand? Huh? I would beg to differ. In hindsight, I bet you he said he was not a nigga. Plus, Biggie Smalls was just minding his business, yo. Smoking an Optimo. Somebody got to drop the homie Biggie. He's got to go. And they couldn't stop it, no, I wish that they could Yeah, the world needs change, but man, I wish that we would So out a long frown, a man harm from a four pound His blood ripples on the floor from the wall sound His mama sitting at the wake, hoping the Lord's found Another dead, another gone now, damn George Elliot said that it's best to be what you want to be Fucking do what you want to do So I do what I want to do Bet you did it to floss Bitch, I did what I wanted Bet you did it and lost Bitch, I did it and won it Shit, I'm never coming back Listen, I just want to rap Gee, I told you all of that On about a dozen tracks I don't give a fuck I just, I just, I just want to rap Spitting fire on this track Like a fucking thundercat Plus this mic is bleeding Rojo This shit is a no-no Rolling in that Lolo Plus I'm from that ball Need a folk, folk, smoking on my logo. Ready for the wall, and we so so. Sitting with the flow, somebody called a popo. Heard the lames, and I swear they so so. Too much love for the fame just to go broke. You said they got the rap game and the troll card. No one think I got the whole world on the rope. Don't gotta think a damn dog, you crazy. Is he the next Jay Z? My crystal ball is hazy, but I don't know. Maybe. Welcome back to the Insane Check Podcast. This is your host, Chris, here, and uh, we are finally back for the Insane Check Podcast. It has been whew, two weeks. I think it's been about two weeks since I've done an insanity check. I just planned. We had New York Comic Con. Uh, then I took a break uh, a week after New York Comic Con. Um, and now we're back. Uh, the world has not ended, surprisingly. Uh, being joined by, uh, on this show, uh, Justin from Three Fest Podcast. What's going on, Justin? What's going on, man? How's it going? Uh, I'm good. The two weeks was, was good not being on the show. Um, just because uh, during that two weeks, it seems like uh, the world went to the hell in the handbasket. But, um... Other than that, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, no, other than the uh, the slow decline of uh, what was once the American democracy, you know, it's fine. Totally fine. Yeah, it's one of those things, you know, people are just like, you know, I won't vote for lesser of two evils, blah, 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 right? And it's like, uh, okay. I mean, it just, things can always get worse, guys. I'm just saying it's like, I, I, like, I, I get it, like I get it, I get say... it, but it just, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I always feel like when people say I'm not going to vote for the lesser of two evils, basically what you're saying is my pet issue or my pet issues are more important than the sum total of the country, right? Like you can say, oh, I'm upset about drones. I'm not voting for Hillary Clinton on drones. Cool. So you're not going to vote for someone that would help that would help push uh, the right to protect the rights of marginalized people. You're not going to push for someone who would try to uh, at a minimum, fight for the slowly declining middle class and try to, you know, push for that minimum wage increase, push for uh, a stronger social safety net because of drones. Okay, I guess it must like that. That's one hell of a privilege. Be like, well, those things don't affect me. This thing does affect me and my ethics, so I'm not going to vote based on those ethics. 
So I think, yeah, so it was that group that, I call that the white liberal group, the white leftist group that always bothers the fuck out of me. Like, they just drive me. There's other, there's another group where I, I, I think that one, it's part ignorance. I don't mean ignorance in necessarily a bad way, like a willful ignorance. It's like, they really don't think that it can get worse. Like, I, I'm always reminding myself that I'm, I'm getting old, (laughs) you know, I'm I'm always reminding that. And, and my body likes to remind me that when I go to the gym, I just had random, random pains, like. Uh, between pulling a hamstring and then I, I had like um, an elbow issue. It's like my body's like reminding me, it's like, hey, motherfucker, you're old. You're getting old. Slow down. So I forget that you have a bunch of people where Barack Obama was their first real president. And if Obama is your, is your measure and you were, let's say you weren't doing well, you know, you know, financially, socially or whatever and i can see why you would take that that stance right but just the generation just the 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 president before was george w bush and i remember that shit and i remember that and this this is why i i just tell people it's like i i think if there's one negative about barack obama i think he's at the standard too high and it's a standard we should all have but i i don't think people realize just how fucked up things are in this country and 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 when i say in this country i think one of the things we forget is there is a willing there there's a willing accomplice in all of this and it's called the american people and and i and i think that a lot of people that made the choice of they can't vote for lesser of two evils didn't take i i think a lot and this goes for a lot of people they, they look at the government as the big bad guy in the room and they forget that there's also millions and millions of people that support that and I, I, I think a lot of people, and I mean, outside the, wef, the white leftist group that just, you know, my pet issue thing, fuck them. I, 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 I will, I always find their racism just like a different form of racism is still racism. The other group, though, I feel sorry for because it's like their intentions are good. I just don't have the faith in the people that they do because I, I, I think that, and we see it nowadays, like a lot of Trump voters, they know certain things. Like there are Trump voters who, will literally vote against their interests. And I think that we, we downplay that a lot. And um, we're seeing it now. Like, it's just, I'm going to be honest, guys. I hate to be the Debbie Downer starting to show off like this, but um, I, I am not, the reason why I don't watch Maddow and everything like that, I don't want to get false hope in a midterm. Because I think a lot of people, like, what happens if the blue wave doesn't come in the midterm? Like what happened? So, so two things. One, there's a reason why Evil Steve told Steve, "You don't hate me. You hate the people that willingly followed me." Right? Like one of the reasons why I loved Secret Empire is because it perfectly captured how America could fall into fascism because the people ultimately don't give a shit about anyone other than themselves. Yo, you get somebody, you get somebody a job, they'll be like, "Okay." Yo, they had people saying. Like, it, that one Captain America, Sam Wilson issue where it opened with Sam at the diner. And it was like, isn't, isn't Hydra like Nazis? Yeah, but, you know, they built the factory, so I might be able to go back to work. Shit, man, hail Hydra. Right. You know? Like, I'm not really that, a bad guy. I just, happens. you know, I need work. Uh, the, the other thing about the blue wave, the blue wave doesn't matter if the wave isn't able to vote. Right? Like, you can have... Um, I'm. I've been tracking all this stuff at 538, um, Washington Post has some great uh, articles about 
just the amount of fundraising that Democrats have been able to pull off for the midterm. Um, the the test case they used was Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams is running, by all accounts, an exceptional campaign. She's raised a, an enormous amount of money. But the fear is, because of the voter suppression efforts by her opponent, who's also the chairman of the Elections Commission, it may not matter. Right. Her str- Stacey Abrams' strategy is, let me get as many people out to vote as possible. Brian Kemp's strategy is, let me prevent just enough people from voting to win. Right. What is I it? Don't have how, many, how many people yeah, was like, it? It was it, like, was it like 300? It wasn't 300. It was, it was something, it was some, it was a high number of people that were purged from the voter rolls in Georgia. And that's just one state. There's a bunch of states that are doing that right now. You know, so the initial, the initial number was 53,000. That's right. Okay. Now they've got, now they've gone back. It's up to 107, it's up to 107,000 and there's still more that have been purged. Right. And so the, the whole Brian Kemp saga, this, like the strategy he's doing now, it isn't new. He tried this back in 2012. He was sued by the state. He said, cool, I'll stop it. Got the, got the state legislature to legalize the method he was doing so that he couldn't be sued again and then went back to doing it. Yeah. Which is why elections matter. You can say you're not voting for the lesser of two evils, but when you don't vote against these people, you allow them to stack the you allow them to stack the courts, you allow them to stack state legislatures with people that will push their agenda. And, and what, the voting and, right. Well, and that's the thing, right? It's like people look at it as voting as uh, for the lesser to evil. I look at it as like, no, you. Won't, I think a lot of us would like to have more progressive people in in office, but you can't get more progressive people in office if the people that would vote for them can't vote. And, and if one side, so, and if one side is actively voting, uh, actively campaigning to keep that side from voting, you are in turn never going to get that progressive government you want. Like it's, it's just, it's, 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 it's such a frustrating thing to try to explain to people. It's like, you know, you want this revolution to happen, but it's, at the end of the day, it still has to come down to voting. It has to, right? It has to come down to the will of the people, and. If you don't get that in place, then what? How are you going to get anything done? Because nothing, anything you built, if it's not built into the laws and the government of this country, it can be wiped away. And we're seeing that now, right? You're seeing what happens when you don't have an actor, let's say in Barack Obama, that is, for the most part, acting in the best interest of the majority of the people. You're now seeing. So we had to do things like uh, go around uh, the Congress and. And, and, and do executive actions and executive orders and things like that. Now you see what happens when you have somebody like Trump who doesn't give a shit about any of that stuff and can literally wipe all that stuff, shit away with a stroke of a pen. Voting matters. Right. Elections matter. Right. And it's just, it's a cycle. It's just, it's playing the long game. And I feel like so many of these people, and I get it because they're hurt, so many of these people are not playing the long, they're, they're not playing the long strategy. They're, they're playing short term, and I get it, but man, I wish they could see long-term. Yeah, I, I empathize with that as well because a lot, so again, not, not talking about the, the white liberals, right? Not talking about the white leftist group. Talking about marginalized, left, marginalized leftists who are frustrated with the slow march of progress, right? They, they, their survival depends on progress not being slow. Exactly. I empathize with that. Um, revolutions only happen one of two ways gradually or violently so if you're not prepared for a violent revolution then you have to accept a gradual one right like that especially 
the, especially the way American democracy is built, it's not built for radical change. It's built for slow, gradual change, and that's to prevent any one branch from seizing power and warping uh, what America is. But it turns out that doesn't matter because rules only matter if everyone agrees to play by them. Trump has proven he doesn't care about the rules. He'll go around them. And that's how you end up with someone like Brett Kavanaugh on the Supreme Court. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh. Saw that one coming. Saw that one coming. And there's nothing. I mean, honestly, there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, I, I, and the, and the consequences of that are going to be felt until he dies. Well, and that's the thing I think people need to understand. It's like there's no way around it. Now that he's there, like people are like, oh, when the Democrats take over, they they can impeach him. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Then, no, when has a Supreme Court justice ever been impeached? And you're not going to because here's the thing again. It's it's not fair to judge the, the the Democrats on this because they're the only one trying to govern. If they go down this route, then they know that the Republicans, once they get in power again, because they will, it always happens. People thought that the Republicans never get in power after after Bush, and look where we're at. The country has a short term memory. They really have a short term memory, really. Like within two presidents, they have a short term memory. So if the Republicans get in power, they'll absolutely use that as precedent and then start impeaching um, you know, more progr- I don't even want to call it liberal judges like because I don't consider Kagan and, 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 and Ginsburg like leftists or pro- progressive judges it's just like they're just judges right it's just it's so weird it's just they're also decent human beings right which... they're decent that's just what it is they're decent human beings and they're using empathy with the law to 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 judge the law on how it should be judged with empathy and compassion which some of the conservatives don't conservative judges don't have and don't show and it's just it's very very frustrating okay so fun fact we've had one supreme court justice in the history of america be impeached samuel chase was impeached in thomas jefferson's administration the house the house representatives voted to impeach him the Senate said, fuck all that, acquitted him, and he served until his death in 1881, or 1811. So, we have not impeached the Supreme Court justice for over 200 years. Not going to happen. We're not going, we're not going to start now. And, and like I right? said, and I don't want to re- recap last, last show, I know it's been two weeks. Hope is a lie. Stop, stop, I, I hate when people tell me no, but just give me that hope. No, 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 because you need to, it's that... Well, you so, had hope. You didn't know what to do with it. Barack Obama gave you hope. And then right. when he wasn't the Green Lantern and just uh, brightest day, darkest night, everything you wanted, you turned on him. So, no, you don't deserve hope. Like, one of the things that, uh, you know what it is? It's like when, when the first time you ride a bike, right? And you fall off your bike, shape your knee, right? At some point, you can be coddled and told that, oh, yeah, it'll be better and the scar will go away. But at some point, when you're a kid, you also realize that, Cut scrapes are going to happen, and you got you got to suck it up and deal with that shit. And I feel like so many people use these fantasies of Michael Avenatti, the fucking uh, Stormy Daniels, all you know, impeaching Trump and all this other stuff to not deal with the idea of the fact that well, no, this is all horrible, and you need to snap out of it. And your little fantasy, you know, mad out bullshit that you're you're hoping on hold. No, I've been here before. We went under that under Trump. I mean, under Bush, and Bush served two years. Like, people need to be prepared. Trump could serve two years. I mean, two years. Two terms. It could happen. 
and I need people to operate under that worst case scenario. Because when we start operating on this hope and hope and dream, oh, the Republicans, uh, the Democrats are going to take over both houses and blah, blah, blah. And then they'll, I'm like, what if they don't? Because there's, right. ch- there's a good real chance they won't. It's a, a really, really good chance they won't. And there's a good so chance he- that Trump could win a second term. So what do you do then? Here's a worse scenario. Let's say Democrats do take back the House and Senate. How does that actually stop Trump? It doesn't. Because, like, again, rules only matter if everybody agrees to play by them. Trump has proven the existing enforcement mechanisms he doesn't give a shit about. He'll just start going and, in and doing uh, executive orders. And Barack Obama kind of gave him the template of how to get around an obstinate Congress. Yep. So, right? So what does that actually affect? The, at a minimum, what they can do is they can halt his appointments. They can halt um, him stacking the courts, which he's done a pretty good job of doing already. But they can slow him down. They can't stop him. I've got another nightmare scenario for you. Another judge dies? Let, well, that too. But, <laughs> I mean. <let's>, just, <laughs> so it's 2016. It's November 8th, 2016. Let's assume Trump loses. What makes you think he'll leave? No, no, I'm, I'm, I seriously want people to consider this. What makes you think he will actually leave? Like, let's say he loses, but let's say Fox News is doing the whole, well, we don't know if he lost. You know, people are saying, people are saying, uh, well, that was he the won these states. Maybe he won. Well, that was the same and then thing he says, no, it's fake news. I didn't, lo- I didn't lose. Well, that was, same, that was the same thing that happened in 2016. Win. When he thought that he was going to lose, he was already seeing the idea that it was a rigged election. And things like that. And this is where you, this is where I go back to those people who are going on all oh, the DNC rigged the election against Bernie and blah, rigged election and crooked Hillary and stuff. I'm like, you guys don't know the damage you guys are doing right now because you, it, you're making it a catchphrase. And, and words matter. And you're about to make them not matter. And they're going to be used to bite us all in the ass. And you're right. Come 2020, he might not, he might use, but yeah, even, like, but he, but even if he does, like, but even if he does leave, but here's the thing, even if he does leave, he doesn't really leave because he's going to sit there on the outside and continually talk about how he's because he, let's say he gets defeated. Even if he leaves, he's still going to be that because Trump, what, what does Trump love? Trump loves the attention. He's always going to, uh, he's always going to challenge the legitimacy of the election. That is going to happen. Like whether he leaves or not, he is going to do that. Like we need to be prepared that he is going to be the form, like all the president we see on, Former presidents, which we're now seeing some of the former presidents come out against him now, breaking precedent. He's going to now go even further than that. He's going to be the first former president that actively challenges the legitimacy of, like, even Al Gore didn't really do that shit. And he had a legit right for it. Al Gore had a legitimate case. He had a legitimate case. So imagine what Trump was going to do come 2020 or hell 2024. Because even if he, even if he can't run again, let's say he wins the second term and he comes in and he's, he's over, he's going to do the same thing. We are now going to be living with the idea. Because you know what? You know what's worse than President Trump? Former President Trump. That's going to be worse. Because he's going to have his own little cult of personality, cult of people, and the Republican Party is probably still going to be beholden to them. It is. It's never over. Like, this is a long-lasting thing that 
We like people think the, the national nightmare will be over. It's like it's just begun. So combined, a former president challenging the legitimacy of the election with who his base is, it's groups like the Proud Boys, Babies oh, we'll versus neo-Nazi cult. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. So, we'll get, yeah, yeah. So, so you've got a bunch of violent white separatists being told that the election was stolen from them. What do you think they're going to do? And it didn't have to be this way. It really didn't. But hey, we're here now. Uh, this, is, this is where we are. This is why we say voting is important. It may not give you the immediate gratification that you want, but it is necessary to keep the proverbial trains running. Like that, a lot of, like black people specifically, we weren't enthralled with Hillary Clinton. We probably would have uh, preferred a different candidate. But black people by and large understood our survival is, is tied to her success, right? If she doesn't succeed, things will get infinitely worse for us. How will they get infinitely worse for us? Well, the last Supreme Court ruled that the, voting, the enforcement mechanism of the Voting Rights Act didn't apply anymore because we elected one black president. So racism is over. That is an actual Supreme Court decision. They said, you elected Barack Obama. Racism is over. We don't need the Voting Rights Act anymore, or the enforcement mechanism of the Voting Rights Act. Lo and behold, all these states are now ratcheting up their voter suppression method. It's almost like the only thing keeping them from being completely racist was a watchdog. Watchdog gets removed. Now with Brett Kavanaugh on the Supreme Court, and now with, oh, who did, who was the first one that, um... Gorsuch. Gorsuch? Gorsuch yeah. Yep. So congratulations. You now have two more uh, conservative judges to push the GOP's agenda, because it's not just Trump's agenda. It's the, it, Trump's agenda is the GOP agenda. There's nothing he has done domestically that they disagree with him on. Trump's only agenda right. is making himself look good in hand and stuff like that. So he'll take whatever the Republicans give him that can. Yeah, it's it's fucking ridiculous. Um, look, yeah, look, 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 yeah, it's yeah. We weren't going to start the show with that, but I just had to go back and you know, the last two weeks have kind of been horrible. So uh, as far as that's concerned, so um, anyway, we weren't going to talk about that. We're not going to deal with Trump today. We're going to drop a little bit with Trump later on and some of that Proud Boy stuff later on. We talk about some YouTube and and video stuff, uh, but um. The main reason why uh, we did not have a show last two weeks, New York Comic Con. The New York Comic Con, or sort of six year cover of New York Comic Con. And um, I have a confession to make. I don't think I like Comic Cons. I, I can see that. Yeah, I, 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 it, it hit me. It, you know what it is? You ever remember, like, go to college or you go to, anytime you go to a party, right? Or go to anything, right? And you just, You've, you've, you've talked yourself up into going to the party and you're like really excited because you don't normally get out. You don't really like hanging out with people all the time, but you're just like, you know, today I'm going to do it. I have fun. It's going to be great. I'll see all my friends. It's going to be great. And, you know, you're excited up until you walk through the door and then you see all those people in there and you immediately want to go home. That's me at Comic-Con, particularly New York Comic-Con because it's just, it is so many fucking people. So many people. And it, it, it's a lot of people and for you and your crew it's work so it's not like you can avoid interacting with people you have to interact with people that's how you generate content for the network so the crazy thing is they they they're so they're working on the javits center for like the next two three years to expand it and so i think that's why so the normally the area we're in for the press area it's like there's not a lot of people up there this time they put i actually put panels up there and it's just oh my god it was just Everywhere we went, just be people and people and people. And then 
carrying all this equipment. And then there's New York. So just New York itself has a bunch of people. And, um, like, people that are tourists in New York are the fucking worst. Like, we were talking about this. Like, New York has some of the biggest fucking sidewalks, like, I've ever seen in a city. Like, their sidewalks are huge. Yet, they're also small because people will stand in the middle of the sidewalks just to take pictures of random shit. Oh, it's a, it's, a, it's a building. Let me take a picture of that. Oh, it's a, it's a pigeon. It's a bird. What kind of bird is that? It's a fucking pigeon. It's a pigeon. You've never seen a pigeon before? It's a fucking pigeon. It's a sky rat. Pigeons are sky rats. What are we doing? Why are you taking a picture of the pigeon? Just, ah, oh, so many, so many fucking people there. And then there's the trains. You pack into the trains like sardines. Um, Brandon and I ran, it was a, we were sitting there and we were talking about something. It was me and Brandon having a conversation, but you know, because there's no privacy on a fucking train in New York. This white dude heard us and started talking to us about Star Wars. And Brandon entertained him and started talking to him. I immediately was like, this is not going to go well. This is not. Because we were talking about, because he said something, he's like, yeah, the new Star Wars weren't, didn't make as much money. And I, I, I was just like, I'm not doing this today. I'm, I'm angry. I went on my phone and was like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> and I showed him. It, turned, it, 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 it didn't go the route I thought it was going to go. Like, the conversation kind of went better. He actually liked the new Star Wars and stuff like that. So it wasn't that bad. But I immediately got, like, on the defense of, like, I'm not doing this right now. I am not talking to some random white dude on a train about Star Wars and about bring, make Star Wars great again. I'm not about to do this right now. Please do not make me do this. I just can't, so. Um, well, we had a successful successful New York Comic Con. I want to thank all the premium subscribers who help us uh, and listen. And I know we have not had a premium episode come out in October yet. I am recording three this weekend, and I think three next week. So we're, you're going to get your, your October shows. It's just so much shit going on. We're, we're putting a lot of stuff up on um, some of the reviews. Uh, some of the interviews are going up on Instagram, so follow us there, the MTR, uh, MTR Network on Instagram. Uh, some other reviews are going on YouTube. You guys know uh, MTR Network on YouTube. And the rest is go to mtrnetwork.com, uh, .net, and you'll see um, see some of the writings that we're doing there. And all of our shows are back, and so we're doing – we're full swing ahead into Super Tuesday Recap with all the, the shows we're reviewing. So, But, um, yeah, it's fun. It's just I, I don't think I'm going to be going to your Comic-Con. Uh, I think I got, like, maybe a year, maybe two left in me. There's just too many people. Well, the the – the good news for you, uh, as you continue to grow the network, you're not going to have to go in like one or two years. You can actually just send other people to go for you. But like, yeah, here, here you go. We, we, here's the hotel. I'm serious about to do that. Yes. Yeah. 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 I think I'm going to do the, because you know what it is? I, I was sitting there realizing that I'm not there for the, for the, for the con stuff. I'm there for the access. I'm there to do the interviews. I'm there to work. So I'm there to talk to the, uh, talk to the cast. I'm talking there to do interviews, take photos and things like that. And I'm, I might find some, some things like film festivals or things like that where I can do the same thing, and it's not as many people. It's just it's a ridiculous amount of people, and they're all... I mean, they look great. They're all in their costumes and things like that, but I'm not a people person. <laughs> so people be like, yo, you don't want to come and meet? No, I'm carrying 40 pounds of equipment, and I just I want to go home. You know, I want to sleep. I want to sleep. You know, that's the other thing too, having to stay in Jersey and then get into New York. And it's just, it's just a hassle for everything. Like towards the back half of the, the, the week we're there, we just start taking, Uber. we just start paying the premium to pay Uber to get into the city. Cause I don't, I don't feel like dealing with the train at that point. It's just, it's so much stuff. And like, I really, I'm not a con person. Cause when 
I, I know this because when I go to like something like Awesome Con or things like that, and we're not getting interviews, I'm the, I literally walk around for like an hour at most, and then I leave. I did that. I think I did that this year. I got the press pass, and I told um the doctor and um and Fina might be there, and they were delayed. I walked around the floor, took some pictures, and I was like, "Guys, I'm going home. I can't do this. There's too many people. Like I, I'm not here for this." <laughs> so. But um, yeah, we did we did great, uh, and that pretty much wraps up the uh, con coverage for uh, MTR Network for this year. We did a really great job this year. We do have more stuff coming from New York Comic Con. We're kind of slowly coming that stuff out because some of these shows we interview these people and they're like, "Oh yeah, uh, our show doesn't come out until uh, April." Like we got interviews with the cast of Future Man. I was like, "Hey, when's the show ne- next? When the next season come out?" They're like, "January." I'm like, "Oh, I got months to put this up." Then okay. Star Trek Discovery the same way. They don't come back until January as well. So it's like, so we'll get all that stuff out there. Um, and uh, like I said, next year we're hopefully to do more film festivals and things like that to get get some of this coverage and get some of the stuff out there. So uh, just wanted to kind of give the little update on that. Say thanks to everybody who uh, liked and subscribed to our stuff. And um, it was great. So uh, next topic. This is something you want to talk about. And I was actually had it in my notes anyway, kind of anyway to talk about. And it was... Some that I think this happened happened like the was it the week before New York Comic Con? It, or no. it was around then. It, it was around that time. It was around that time, uh, and this the shutdown of uh, Telltale Games. And you guys know that we were you know we used to do the the Playing Dead. We used to uh, review all the shows, and we were actually about to bring it back because we were going to review the, the last season, the final season of The Walking Dead. And then we found out that Telltale Games was shutting down, and you know, it caught everybody off guard, particularly the, the people working there. Um, but just yep. go ahead. Yeah, that was the wild part. Like when Telltale Games, like, yeah, we're shutting down. People I know that work there found out on Twitter, like, what do you mean I don't have a job? I'm I mean, sorry, what? Well, so, I mean, again, so I get press stuff from Telltale, right? I, I've gotten some of their games for free. I've gotten, you know, you know I get their press release, their press, press release and things like that. Again, I can't remember the exact date that this all happened, but the day before, maybe even that day, they sent out, they were sending out press information about episode two of The Walking Dead. Because I remember, because I was like, shit, I never played episode one. I need to get on this. I need to get into this and start playing it. And so they were advertising episode two already and sending us emails out and also an advertising something else as well. So it's like they were carrying on, which, which makes sense because if it's the higher ups, that were doing this, if it was the people who were running the company, the person in the communication department was probably operating under business as usual. Like, they didn't have any idea to think that. They had a plan, they had a schedule, and they were keeping to that schedule and putting things out there as they should have. And that's just so horrible, right? How do you, how do you run a company into the ground and then not tell the people that you have working monstrous hours? to get this stuff out. Right. Like it, so it was twofold. One, they didn't tell the people that were working, like the writers, the dev team, they didn't tell them what was going on. But then after, um, I think now they've contracted it out to someone else to uh, finish the, the final season. It looks like that may have been the play the whole time, get rid of their staff and then get someone else to finish the game for cheap. No, no, it, it was. Their staff. It's it's um it's the uh, is it Kirtland's group or something like that? They're bringing on the original, so they're bringing in okay. their they're bringing back the original developer. Like they okay, they well, yeah, yeah yeah yeah. 
So we're getting that final oh. season. But you're right. But no, you're, you're, I, I, I absolutely believe you that that's what Telltale was trying to do. Try to get somebody else to come in. Because at first they were going to finish Minecraft with the skeleton crew. Yeah. Because um, they have a Minecraft, the story mode, which it, I, not for me, but if you have younger kids that are into Minecraft, like that, that is like a perfect introduction to the visual novel style game for them. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really skybound. Really well written. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're going to try to finish that with the skeleton crew. That didn't work out. And then, um, yeah, just to see with The Walking Dead, that, that was horrible. And then a couple weeks after that, we found out, and this is, this is the wild part, Rockstar Games presented this like it was a good thing. They're like, our dev team has been working 100-hour work weeks to get this game out. I'm like, it, you're saying that like it's a good thing? Right? Like the, the, the gaming crunch or the dev crunch, they're like, yes, this is a good thing. It's like, no, actually, it's not. And the fucked up part, they just released the embargo. Their dev team couldn't talk on social media about this. But because they got so much negative press, they're like, okay, we'll lift the embargo. Now the Rockstar dev team is starting to talk about, yeah, this shit's horrible, actually. Uh, we all sacrifice our bodies in ways that we shouldn't have to to work in the games industry. Uh, and it's it really started to revitalize the conversation about uh, unionizing among developers and among um, people that work on games, not just programmers, but writers as well. So I hope that can happen. I, I really hope that um, they can get a strong union because voice actors went through something similar, I want to say, last year or two years ago. And it's because of their strong union that they were able to push through and, and get better conditions for themselves. So I hope the dev teams, um, again, not just the the programmers, but the writers as well, like everyone that works into the development of, of a game, uh, they can unite, they can get better conditions for themselves. Because 100, a standard work week is 40 hours. So, so two things. One, so for the Telltale stuff, is Skybound. Uh, they're the new publisher, and they're hoping to bring back 100% of the Telltale uh, team that was working on The Walking Dead season uh, three. So they're hoping to bring them all back to work on that. So that's good. The Rockstar thing is weird to me because I was, getting, I was seeing conflicting reports because one was, I thought the dude went back and he kind of was like, oh, no, no, that's just me. And like some of the other senior leadership was doing some of this stuff. It's not mandatory. And I think they came out and said that, you know, OT is not mandatory for getting these things out. And I thought some of the Rockstar developers actually came out and said, no, 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 no. I, sometimes I work 50 hours, but sometimes I work 40 and it's, you know, that's on me. Like they, I get paid, I get compensated for it. And it's not bad. It's it's not like it's not. I'm be, I'm not being forced to do this. Like Telltale was forcing their people to work these hours and then not compensating them for it. So I'm not so, sure about the Rockstar Star one because, like I said, I kept seeing conflicting things about it. So the one dude was saying he does it. What other like the the folk I know there? What they're saying is it's not mandatory. It's uh, you can volunteer for it. And you know how managers like say, well, we've really got to get this done. It, it, it's the environment where they make you feel as though you have to work all these extra hours mm -hmm. and you have to do these crunches. Um, and that practice isn't unique to Rockstar. Like other studios do this as well because they're trying to crank these games out to meet certain deadlines. Um, even EA's NBA Live, they, they crunched and cut corners on some stuff because they wanted to release the same day as 2K. Right. So I guess my 
the the thing I wanted to highlight was I really hope that more people start talking about the or more people in that in that space start talking about the conditions they have to go through and the conditions they're working in because a lot of times people are ashamed to talk about it and people are ashamed to talk about you know how much they make how long they're working but when labor starts talking about those things amongst themselves it only strengthens labor because now you have a comparison point okay we do we do a similar thing but i'm making ten thousand more than you you can argue now that you deserve more because you know we do similar things you know i can argue hey i deserve more and that's sort of also the function of unions which is you know, I, I, I am a union guy. I'm a big union person. I think unions are, are necessary for protecting labor from corporations because corporations ultimately don't give a shit about you. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's another thing, too. So, it's like, you know, the, the Rockstar thing is weird because at this point, honestly, after saying the first thing he said, I don't think it really matters what anybody says afterwards because, one, it goes beyond the Rockstar. Like you said, it, it's, it's an industry-wide thing. And the other thing, too, is how comfortable it doesn't matter if it's not a if it's not required and if it's not mandatory but it's also one of those things where it's everybody else is doing it can you do you feel comfortable saying that you're not going to do it right because that's one of the that's one of the things of power dynamics right it's if if everybody else is working 60 hours a week and you only work 40 are you feeling now that you aren't going to get the promotions you deserve then you're are you feeling are you are you do you feel obligated to work that 60 as well because you don't want to be the odd man out and be seen as lazy because you're only putting in your 40 hours a week right and whether that was happening at rockstar or not we know it does happen whether it's man because i mean again the, te- the the story of telltale is that's what they were doing you know they were forcing right. developers to work these hours mandated overtime and then not compensating them forward. So like you said, and, and, and we know it's a problem because it gets down to the idea that anytime that anytime that they, they, they create a phrase for something or it has, it, it, then that means it's, it's happens enough. So, you know, the crunch dev crunch is a thing. And so if it's a thing, that means it's happens in enough time that it now has a catchy, catchy name to it. And we know this happens. And like you said, it goes beyond just the gaming industry. It just happens all over the place. You know? Like I, um, again, my job, I, I feel comfortable and, and, you know, I work there, you know, whatever I feel comfortable working. I'm very flexible. But like come proposal time, I know there are people out there, if you get a proposal, you're there for hours. You're weekends and things like that. Now, my job, reimburses you by you know people go work proposal they work these hard hours and you might not see them for a month because they might go on a month vacation or something like that right so it's like they're compensated for but how many other places do you know that you've heard of have proposals and things like that and these people feel like they're on these deadlines they're missing families they're doing they're doing all this crazy shit and then they don't have anything to show for it like like you said this is this is what corporations do they work you to death when I got my first job out of college, I was, I was just terrified of even taking days off for like dental appointments, right? And it took me a couple of years before I, I just like watching everyone else move in the space and realized, oh, if I drop dead tomorrow, they'll put out an ad to replace me the, <laughs> the next day. day. Yeah. They don't give a shit about me. So I, w- I will put in my 40 as required. I will take my leave as necessary 
I don't care about me. Why should I care about y'all? You are here to pay my bills. How mm-hmm. about that? That is why I'm here because I have bills I need to pay. Um, yeah, it's yeah. it's it's a um, it, it's that thing where you, it, 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 we seen before when we talk about um, pay time off. You see uh, how in America so many uh, people don't feel comfortable taking their pay time off. Like I've always found that. And again, it's been a privilege of mine that I've never had to work at a job where I felt I felt that I couldn't take the time I've earned off. Which again, that, that's what it is. Pay time off is time you've earned off. Your PTO, you get that? Like that's your time. That's your. I know it's your time because if you leave your job and you have two hundred hours of PTO, they pay that out to you. It is your earned time, your paid time off, and so. I've always found it weird, but I understand why when people don't feel like they can use their own PTO. It's like, yeah, I don't take vacations. Yeah. Why? Because I feel like if I take a vacation, I'll be seen as lazy. And I, won't, I was like, no, that, I mean, again, I get it because some of these corporations, they want you, to, they don't want you to take the pay time off. They don't. Because no, they, 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 they want you to stay there and be as productive as possible while paying you the absolute minimum they have to. Well, oh, and I was about to say that. So, again, let's think about the pay time off, right? Your pay time off is they'll end up paying. If you, if you tell people, some people are like, well, you know, I don't use it. I get, I get it paid back anyway. It's fine. All right. Think about it this way. Your pay time off is what you would normally get. They pay you basically what you would get off of, uh, for, for missing those days, what you get for working, right? So, let's say if you're, you know, making, you know, $10 an hour, you know, and you work a 40, you know, 40 hours, right? You know, that's your, that's your, that's your, that's your money, right? And they'll pay that out to you. So so, so you had 40 hours of leave and they'll pay you out your $10 an hour for your, for your 40 hour. Here's the thing. Your, your time and work is way more valuable than whatever your hourly rate is. So they actually are saving money by having you not take time off and then writing you a check at the end of your term, whenever it is, than if you take that time off. That is why you have some of these shadier companies and these shitty companies not advocating for you using paid time off because it costs them more for you to use your PTO while you're there than it is for them to cut you a check. Because you got to think about it. If you actually take pay time off, if I go off to, like I go off to Aruba, right? That means they have to, they're, 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 I'm, I'm off that day, which means they're not paying me my $10 an hour for that day. But also they lost any productivity I have for that day, which they'd be billing the customer for my work way more than what I'm at, they're actually paying me. They've lost more money. Which is why they don't encourage some some place some places don't encourage people to take pay, to pay time off because some people haven't understood that happy happy workers make a better business. And it's something so simple and you would think more people would understand this but they don't. Happy company happy customers happy work. You know, that's what my job is. I remember I came in and I had to go, I, when I started my job, I started my job, uh, what was it, May 2017? And I was like, hey, listen, I got this thing to do on, I didn't tell them it was Comic-Con, but I was like, 
in July, I have the uh, I have this vacation coming up for a week, and they were like, "All right, cool, you're approved. You're you'll be in the hole right now, but you're approved. You're fine." And my boss, she basically told me she was like, "Yeah, I believe in vacations. I take a ton of them. Like I, I totally believe in in, in in not being here. So you please go out and, and and enjoy yourself, and and we'll the work will be here when you get back." But I'm lucky enough to have a boss that's like that, right? And and a job that allows me to do that. How many other places are just like, "Oh no, no, you can't, you can't, you can't take that time off." We need you here. Right. You know, it's because it's like they know that they technically lose money when you're not there and they'd much rather just, you know, pay you out. That's the real reason why they put caps on your PTO. It's not because, you know, it'd be too much to pay it out in the year. It's like if you have a lot of leave and you can take it off whenever you want. That's the money. You know, that's the problem. So, yeah, man, it's uh, fucking crazy. The, the, so the, the other thing I wanted to talk about, because, again, with, uh, with Telltale Season 4 coming out, I went back and played one, two, or I went back and played one and two, or seasons one and two, and in the middle of playing through season two, I noticed something. And I tried to go back to find um, the old Playing Deads uh, y'all did about this, because I think we all, like, all of us collectively made the decision to kill Kenny at the end. <laughs> I didn't realize until I went back and replayed season two that's the right choice. So, the whole time, all of the choices that have any sort of weight or consequence that is directly affected by that choice are tied to Kenny. The whole game is basically trying to get to see if you'll make the correct choice to realize what Kenny is. When we first see Kenny in episode two, a lot of a lot of people are like, oh my God, it's Kenny. Yes, Kenny was with Lee. I remember Lee. Lee was awesome. And Kenny becomes the surrogate Lee. Kenny becomes your stepfather. And then through your interactions with Clementine, we see Kenny become more abusive, more volatile, more violent. Kenny was always a racist. Let's also, uh, also admit too that I mean, if you were really paying attention to that first season, Kenny was a racist. <laughs> you didn't even have to pay attention. Can't you pick this lock? Why? Aren't you, you know, urban? I don't know, man. I'm from Florida. Like, no, it's not. You don't even have to pay attention. Kenny tells you up front. Yeah, man, I'm racist. Like, it, it, it is what it is. But because the, the group in season two is so fucking horrible, and when we're first playing through season two, I'm like, why does this group suck so much? Oh. They made that group purposely horrible to get you to when you see Kenny, you're so happy to be away from anyone that is this incompetent group of shit snacks. Like, oh my God, yes, I would actually take Kenny over Luke's group because they're terrible. And then as you keep interacting with Kenny, the game keeps telling you subtly, yeah, Kenny's going to get you killed because Kenny isn't just your stepfather. Kenny's your abusive stepfather. Mm-hmm. From the time he beats Carver to death and asks you to watch, that's not about Clementine's development. That's about your loyalty to Kenny. When you steal the radio and you have a chance to offer it up or keep it secret, that's basically saying, will you take the blame so Kenny doesn't have to? And that's why when you kill Kenny at the end, he says you did the right thing. Or if you kill Jane and abandon Kenny, Kenny will also tell you, 
you did the right thing. Because the whole thing is an exercise in saying, can you as Clementine recognize Kenny for the threat that he is? And I thought that was brilliant going through it the second time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. No, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not a, is it, I'm like, yo, Kenny was always terrible. Like, he was a piece of shit, always a piece of shit. And I had never forgotten he was a piece of shit. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, for for that brief moment, I had forgotten because that first group is so fucking terrible. You get mauled by a dog, and they're like, "All right, maybe if we lock her in the shed, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. maybe she'll turn, maybe she." I'm like, "Yo, these people are the fucking worst." And yes. then it was like, "Okay, you didn't turn into a zombie. All right, uh, sorry, we almost killed you twice. That was our bad. Want to help us get some water?" And then it's like. Clementine has to show them how to do the most basic of things. And I'm like, how have you guys survived on your own for this law? What is wrong with you? Yes, I, I will take racist Kenny over this, this group. Yes. Oh, wait. No, damn it. Kenny was racist and a coward and violent. And oh, God. Yep. That, that was the point of the whole game. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, but so I, and I went back and looked. 21 like it the now the first choice um or the choice that's in first place you know telltale keeps metrics and all these things as of now alone with aj is the top choice <laughs> when the season when the last episode dropped the first choice was aj and kenny the last choice the last two choices were aj and jane and alone with aj so in the beginning everyone thought the right choice was stay with kenny but I think as people started replaying the game, they realized, oh, no, Kenny's actually the problem. Because every bad thing that happens from episode three on is a direct result of Kenny doing something stupid. Oh, yeah. Like, 100%. they get robbed at the end of episode five because Kenny almost beats a kid to death. After taking that kid hostage. That's why you get robbed at the end, because Argo, Argo's like, yeah, that dude almost killed me. We're going to take this truck and we're going to bounce. I'll let y'all later. And for good measure, we're going to shoot Clementine to make sure he can't follow us. Because you matter to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, no I, like I said, people will complain. Like, people will talk about the fact that the engine for the, the Telltale games wasn't the greatest and stuff like that. And, and I get it. I, 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 I truly, truly do get it. Um, but the storytelling itself. I, I, I really, really uh, enjoyed that. I, I think the storytelling and, and, and the story they were telling. I always found that to me, the story for the Telltale, for the, for the Walking Dead games, the story mattered more than anything else. Like yeah, the gameplay and, and stuff like the, that is fine. And again, we, we talked about this and I, I need to get into playing it because uh, like Aaron from Black Passion just keeps telling me that I, I need to get into playing um, <clears throat> Life is Strange 2 He's like you gotta play that game So I mean no, you've seen game Love yourself Yeah I know no, uh, love, you, lo- love yourself Not playing Life is Strange is an act of self care well, Not because yeah, the game is horrible But you will feel things I know I know You are so, going to feel things I know So But, but like I, I, Like you know The engine And, and, and then the choices You know and, and that are just Way better than anything Telltale put together Um, But at the same time Like those characters, that story, like I really, really enjoyed just what was it was like it was, it was like your 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 own rails because there's only but so much you can do. You we weren't you weren't promised a full free form free you know choice full choices and things like and your choices mattering. A lot of times they didn't, 
but um, like it wasn't Mass Effect, right? It wasn't Mass Effect, but I, I definitely enjoy what was what was being told there, at least for that that part there. So, um, right, like I said, the game was on rails, but the choices still had weight. Oh, yeah. right, like ultimately the the choice to watch Carver or to watch Kenny beat Carver to death. In the grand scheme of the game, it doesn't matter. But to the characters involved, it matters. And you feel the weight of that decision. Oh, absolutely. And you yourself feel it, too. So, um, so it's funny. So we're talking about Telltale Games. We're talking about The Walking Dead. We went all the way back to the fucking season two. I can't believe you went back and listened to those, uh, those, 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 those talking deads. Um, but just to show you how crazy this fucking week has been. Yo, did you see this news? Winamp is coming back. But I'm sorry, what? Yo, this is a story. Winamp is coming back. I have not used Winamp since middle school. Bro. Why is it coming back? I, I, 2018. What? Why do we? What do you need Winamp for? I, I don't know. Whips the llama's ass. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't know what they're. Oh I don't. God. I don't know what they're. I don't. I don't know what they're. Why they're coming back? What they're doing? I. It just like. I, when when do we need some? Why are? Yeah, when that's twenty eighteen. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's, a, it's officially available to download right now. When the, when amps two thousand eighteen up the update is finally is officially available to download. Um, as was widely reported, a beta version of Winamp five point eight leaked on uh, recently leaked online. In response, Winamp owner uh, Radionami uh, Radio Radio Radioomni. Uh, has made has now made an official version of the update available for download. The company recommends you only download Winamp for its, from its website so you can make sure it's safe for use. And we absolutely agree. This is the only way you can be sure you're looking. You're, uh, you should be looking to download the new Winamp. Why would you download the new Winamp? So yeah, I mean, Winamp- are we going to bring back VLC as well? Like, <sighs> might as well. Winamp for Android and iOS. I have. The native players on both, well, for most Android and all of the iPhones are better than Winamp. What are we doing? No, seriously, what are we doing? Do we, is, is, are we so desperate for nostalgia? You know what? Bring back Kazaa then. Not even LimeWire. Just bring back Kazaa if you want to bring back Winamp. And now you can download all of your music from Kazaa. You might get a song. You might get a virus. Who knows? It's like the lottery. <laughs> but this is what I was saying. I, I was like, yo, I mean, in the age of tr- Trump, we, we're already going back to the Stone Age, so we might as well go all the way fucking back. Like you said, you know, uh, Kazaa, Limeware. Like, let's go back to that time where you, you, you could not run your computer without two forms of uh, a virus scan, Malwarebytes, SpyBot, just so your computer wouldn't get a digital STD. Like, Let's just go all the way fucking back, yo. Let's just let's yo. just do it. Like, do you remember those dark age? I don't think people were. You know what? You know what? We talked about this before. We're old. You know what? People don't remember the dark ages. They don't remember the dark ages where you had to run. Where you run? Uh, what was it? I, I used to run AG, AVG. Because oh, what you know about AVG? The free get the free version of AVG. Yo, you swapping out email addresses because because the free version of AVG was way better than Norton or anything else. Because first of all, yes. just to get just to get just to get Norton or any, or anything else on your machine. Like they get a version that worked, it was terrible, but it took like Norton and McAfee like took control of your computer. When we talk about Skynet, McAfee and Norton were fucking Skynet before Skynet even was Skynet. Like it, like you put that shit on your machine and your machine wasn't doing shit. Like your machine instantly became slower with those on there. 
So you download AVG because AVG was the light antivirus software. And you know what? I put, put McAfee on my computer. I put Norton. And I was good with what to download and what not to download. Every now and then still would get something. Put AVG on there, nothing would happen. Nothing would happen. Nope. So you still got to run mal, uh, malware bytes. You got to run SpyBot and stuff like that. Let's just go back to that time. Are, are, we going back, are, we, are we going back to that time? Are we doing this? Are we, are we doing this? You know what? Uh, it's like uh, the first season of Game of Thrones with the kids in the bed, and he's like, you know, tell me a real scary story. You know, that stuff's not scary. It's like, my sweet summer child, what do you know about fear? <laughs> fear is for the elders. Let's bring back our MP3 our... players the size of CD players. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Ugh. Ugh. Like, y'all, no, for real, for real, th- this is going to sound slightly vulgar, but y'all have Pornhub now. Do you know? <laughs> what people in 2002 had to do to find porn get the fuck out of here no yo you want to go back to winamp cool if you if you download winamp you lose access to youtube because no more youtube you don't get youtube anymore you don't get google play music you don't get spotify you can only you no no torrenting either because even torrenting no torrent wasn't technically new yeah yeah don't get torrenting you you got to use you know, you got to get in there, get in there and make sure Napster. somebody didn't you gotta go back to Napster. Yeah, you go back to Napster, LimeWire, making sure somebody didn't didn't rename uh uh um back that ass up dot mp3 to being back that ass up dot exe. So now next thing you know, your com- entire computer is fucking hosed and, and taken down. Um, but you're see, you're thinking just the software, right? We gotta go really back, yo. Gotta bring back the website too. MySpace and Black oh, yeah. Planet. MySpace and Black Planet, yo. Yo, real talk. MySpace taught me how to. Well, like MySpace helped refine, helped refine how I code. Like not just teaching HTML, but if you got really fancy with MySpace, you can actually go in the back end and build your own JavaScript mm-hmm. for your MySpace. Mm-hmm. Now that you know what kind of kid I was. Yeah. Um, but yeah. MySpace, Live Journal, Zanga, mm-hmm. oh, go yeah. all the way back mm-hmm. to the two thousand. Mm-hmm. Block spot, <laughs> Angel Fire, <Yo. laughs> Angel Fire sites, Angel Fire, Geo Cities and Angel Fire, yo. <laughs> Using uh, what was it? Uh, Dream was a Dream catch. What was it? Um, Dreamweaver, Dreamweaver to to build your website, yo. Yo, okay, no bullshit. There is a, there is an agency within the DOD that is still using Dreamweaver to build their website. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I no, but I believe you. I, they're so fuck. I bet you, you can find somebody who's still wondering. Like, what was it? What was that terrible win? I mean, there's a lot of terrible. Win- what was it? Was it Windows ME? Yo, the Millennium. Yes, the 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 version of Windows so terrible. It just got like that. they like forget that it exists. Like, they they act like it does. It is the redheaded stepchild. It, they act like it does not. It did not happen. What Windows three dot one ninety five ninety eight. ME existed for like a month and then XP came out like, what are you talking about? We yeah. never had Because there, there was Windows NT. I think there was NT, right? Yeah. yeah, Windows NT and then there's Windows ME and then you're right, XP came out and they're like, what? ME, what? Is, is that uh, Dave Chappelle uh, bit where he's like, oil? Oil? What you, bitch, what you cooking? You know? <laughs> oil? <laughs> what? ME? What? Me? Me? No. What? What are you talking about? Yeah. Oh my God. Oh man, like I don't think people understand how bad it used to be. Like nowadays, like I, I, I have, I have a, I have a MacBook, and then also because um, 
the computer I run off of uh, the, the the website off is is Windows 10, and I'm looking at I'm looking at Windows 10 and stuff like that, and I'm like, yo, for the most part, I haven't had a problem with Windows 10, you know, and I don't even I don't even have virus software running on this one, and that sounds crazy, but like I feel it's it feels stable, it feels like it's fine. I don't think people. Do kids today, do they know the hassle of having to rebuild your computer every six months just because you had to? Not because you wanted to, but you had to rebuild Windows like every six months. I remember keeping uh, a boot disk of every Windows just in case I had to, uh, to rebuild uh my machine and this is this isn't just laptops these are the desktops these are the ones that would come up to my knee where a hundred gig if you had a hundred gig boy he was rolling oh yeah like not not as in all aspects of life y'all don't know how good you have it now do i remember I, rem- I remember the struggles my first my first desktop because having a laptop in, when i first started college that's fucking crazy talk right First desktop in, in, in school, I built myself, right? And I brought it with me to the dorm, and I thought I was hot shit because I had, get this, a one gigabyte hard drive in it. Oh, you was cooking. I was tough. I just, that shit was blazing. One gigabytes. Do you know what's big? Mm-hmm. It's so, it's so funny we're talking about this, right? Because, you know, I'm trying to sell the house. So I have everything moved out, right? So, you know, when you're going, you have to go through your old stuff. I found, you talk about the boot disc. I found my old, because, uh, you know, us old people, you know, young, youngins out there, us old people, used to have, like, um, these, uh, like, the, the little uh, CD cases. Either CD cases. So I know I just had CD cases, but I had some, I, I actually had disc drives in them. Thankfully, I didn't have the floppy drives. I I'd moved on to floppies. I don't have floppies in them. I did have some. Um, what was it? Uh, three three and a half, three and a half discs. I had some three and a half discs. I had some CDs with Windows. I had Windows two thousand. I had XP. I had a Windows two thousand and Windows XP professional because you could get through UMBC you, as if you were in, in um in school. Because other thing, you know, if you're an, if you're a student, you always get the the discounts, right? So I got, I got, I would just go and pay ten dollars, and I can get Windows two thousand X, you know, professional with you know with a license on it already. So I'm good. Um, I had that. I had a bunch of uh, backups of my data backups of my drives that I put on. One of them was on CD. The other one was on DVDs. Um, then I just had a shit ton of music because I mean, we iPhone was that. And I had to put everything you know, on. I, yeah. I remember when the iPod Touch first came out. Mm. And like, so when the iPod Touch came out, I was like, wait a second. iPod Touch is out. I had just got the beta for Google Voice. I was like, I could do some things. I could turn this, I can turn this into basically a phone I could use on Wi-Fi. And the iPhone comes out and I was like, yeah, I'm not spending money on that. <laughs> Yo, I, I remember the iPod Touch, the Zoom, no, not the Zoom. What was the Windows MP3 player before the Zoom? It actually... Oh, what was that? I know what you're talking about, but I can't remember what it was. It was short-lived, though. Very short-lived. Then all the third-party MP3 players. Like, it... it, 
one good thing about that though, uh, if if you were an adventurous you, uh, with LimeWire and uh, a CDRW drive, you could make some you you making mixtapes for people was a good little side hustle in high school. Oh, it was yes, yes, definitely. Like the the, the original. Yeah. Oh yeah, hey, hey, you you what you need that Backstreet Boys? Yeah, I got you. Need that Lincoln Park? Yeah, I got you. Uh, DMX? Yeah, I can get you on that too. Because because you had to be you had to be you had to be a special kind of person. To know how to navigate through LimeWire and not download the stuff that this virus is. Because the thing that exactly. I use, because it's like to me, it's like yeah, I use LimeWire all the time. People are like, oh, I get virus from LimeWire. I'm like, what are you downloading? What are you doing? <laughs> like, you can't. Uh, you got to make sure you scan everything you download from there. Yes, you can't and just. And then once you download it, don't open it immediately. Like, so have its own section, its own quarantine section. Inspect it. Like, okay, clear. All right, it's clear. Come on, we, let's let's burn this disc and get out of here. Mm-hmm. Mm, 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 mm. So yeah, why why is Winamp why is Winamp here? It's I, not good. What are we doing? What are we doing, guys? Like, like, like even when Winamp was popular, I remember never using it because it was terrible. Because yeah, because just to get your just to get your uh your your playlist all that and yeah, why would you? I... Oh my. Okay, so while we're talking, I actually just downloaded it because I wanted to see something. Okay, oh, it's still written in C. Yeah, it looks the same. Like not not C plus plus, not C sharp, C. They haven't mm. changed the. All right, if you download this, you deserve it. Whatever happens, like, we, we, we we are revoking all of your modern internet privileges. You have to go back to dial up. Uh, honestly, I if but honestly, I think that living the age of Trump, I think Winamp is what we all deserve. Like we should all be forced to use Winamp because, yes. Yes. Trump probably uses Winamp. Uh, absolutely. Yes. Yes. That's about right. So, speaking of Trump, um, love this one here. Dating app for Trump supporters leaked his users' data on launch day. A new dating app for Donald Trump supporters leaked its entire database of users on the day of his launch, according to Monday. According to a report on Monday from TechCrunch. Now here's the thing. How? How? I have so many questions. I... So, it's not the name of it, but I actually thought that the name of, like, I'm because I was thinking about names, what would name for a, uh, a, 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 a dating service for Trump voters be called? And I really thought it was called uh, grabbingbythepussy.com. And I'm actually quite disturbed. I'm quite upset that it's not called that. Like, I mean, why not? It, it it brands itself. It's it's the brand. It's what you guys are going for. So you guys are very proud of it. So why are we hiding it? So, but no, it's not called that. It's called Donald Daters, which is worse. It's such a worse name, Donald Daters. Gonebythepussy.com. I'm telling you, that would have worked. Uh, launch Monday for Apple and Android devices. With the hope of encouraging young conservatives to meet and mingle, the app markets itself as um, that markets itself as an American-based singles community connecting lovers and friends and Trump supporters alike. TechCrunch reported the app had more than sixteen hundred users on that day on the day of its launch, and a security researcher was able to download the entire database, including names, profile pictures. Devices and private messages. <laughs> Elliot Adel- Adelson, a French security researcher, shared the database with the site. 
He was also able to access tokens, which can be reportedly, which can reportedly be used to take over uh, Donald Dater's accounts. The tech, out, uh, the tech outlet said that data was publicly available through an exposed Firebase data repository. TechCrunch reported the leak to the app maker, and the data has since been taken offline. So, so, so they really just threw this shit together. Like, yeah, we're gonna make, make some quick bucks. We'll, we will link together the American public that wants to connect with real Americans and make dating great again. And oh, right, we didn't do the most basic of security checks because security. Pff, what's that? I like how when you go to the when you go to DonaldDaters.com, they have they because they all these these all these places use uh, these stock photos, right, and stuff like that. So they have a white dude and a what looks like a light skinned black woman with frizzy hair, and I'm just like, go fuck yourselves. So, yeah, so already, so your site's doomed to fail already because your audience doesn't like that. In fact, I would wager the primary audience for this app wants to outlaw that. So, so uh, go to the site. Uh, Emily Moreno, the CEO of Donald Daters put out a message to the users about the security breach, but she wrote it in a PDF form <laughs> on the site. It's on the PDF. In the uh, talking about, um, she's uh, going through this, what they should do, blah, blah, blah. Going forward, as you know, we are under a microscope like no one else because of a bigger problem affecting American politics. Trump supporters face extreme hostility wherever they go, whether they are in a restaurant or an online dating app. I started this app to provide a solution to so many young Trump voters uh, Trump supporters who have told me their dating horror stories. For many of them, liberal intolerance has made meeting and dating nearly impossible. Support of the president has become a deal breaker instead of an icebreaker. Uh, we are marching on, focusing on fixing the problem, and continuing to build our user base. Thank you for your understanding. <laughs> Come on. Like, this is hilarious. I, I, I've got nothing. This is, this is hilarious. Uh, also, Shout out to all the the Trump supporters that are just now realizing that nobody likes you because you're horrible people. Let's read some testimonials, though. Oh, yes. Let's get to the testimonials. Yes. Emily R. from Ohio. I just love how easy and fun the app is to use. Lots of great people in the community. Laura R., Ohio. Finally, I can meet people with the same values and belief as me. No way these people are not fake. Uh... Oh, this is still, this is still, oh, this is just, that, that's, that's it. There's no more. I mean, there's, oh, wait, you know, Lance J from Michigan. Honey, how's Ohio and Michigan? Hmm, interesting. Uh, uh. Uh, hmm. Meeting people is hard enough on a regular dating app, so being able to find a Republican match is a big deal for me. You know what? I, upon further review, I support this, actually. They should all get their own dating sites and their own dating communities. And maybe they could all move to the same city so that we don't have to interact with them anymore. And that they could just stay to themselves in a sort of quarantine zone. That we know, hey, these are people who don't value the basic human rights of anyone that isn't white male. Is my information kept private on Donald Sanders? Yes, all your personal <laughs> information is kept private. We encourage safe online dating, so please be sure not to share any private information on your profile before vetting anyone you may interested you may be interested in meeting in our community. Well, you need to take that off because your information was not private because clearly day day damn one 
You were out there. We we saw it all. Day one. Like if you think about it, that's a that's a serious security risk because you're putting your name, your address, contact information. That's enough to that's enough to for a creative person fake your identity. Yeah. Or at a minimum, get enough information about you to target you and rob you. Yes. Like, that's that's kind of a bigger deal. Oh, here's an interesting one. We're following Donald Dater's guidelines. Um, you can find a full list of our terms of use, but some of our guidelines include no abusive language. <laughs> wait, so, wait. So no, Donald Trump no, can't use no, his no, own no, site? No, 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 no. So you can't. Wait. You're marketing yourself as the Donald Dater, but no abusive language. The guy you're modeling yourself after, his whole shtick is abusive language. He just praised the dude that assaulted a reporter, but no abusive language. Oh, wait, dude, it gets better. Got it. It, it, it gets better. No abusive language or bigotry is accepted. Stares directly into the camera. Unauthorized use or copyright of trademark and materials is prohibited. I'll do this next one here, though. No business or political advertisements. I wish you could see the face I'm making. References to illegal drug oh. use is not tolerated. No materials that exploited, exploit or solicit individuals under the age of 18. Okay. Like the, the, your whole terms and conditions are the antithesis of the person you're modeling yourself after. But okay. Sure. That this is totally fine. Uh go to their, I, I hope all of you find happiness together away from us. Going through their Twitter account, they have uh two hundred and forty five followers. Yeah, it's actually not bad. I'm just this this I just I, I two hundred and forty three more than I thought. Uh, <laughs> so uh, that's I, bad. <laughs> I got nothing, man. Oh, man. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just, just saying, grabbymythepussy.com. I'm, I'm just saying, grabbymythepussy.com would have been a better name for this. I, I just, sorry. Just. Anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, still dealing with these alt-right motherfuckers. Uh, so apparently, something that I've been saying for months now, well over a year, um, the alt-right kind of likes YouTube. No. I mean, you mean shocking. the alt right and neo Nazis love a platform whose algorithm based uh, recommendation system heavily favors them and they could use it as a recruitment mechanism to increase their numbers? I am shocked. Shock face. Shock face. Uh, new, uh, two new reports to this uh, YouTube is a ground zero for far right movement recruitment. YouTube is playing a major role in creating a new generation of racist far right activists. That's a determined conclusion from two. Significant reports published in the past several days on the state of their online far right. Taken together, they find that YouTube is far more popular, is, is the most popular platform for the alt right, and that the hardcore far right individuals are more likely to say that they were radicalized by consuming online content, particularly as, value, uh, as videos. All in all, it suggests that the platform, which has over 1 billion users, is serving, a particularly potent tool, is serving as a particularly potent tool for the hate movement, recruit, for hate movement recruiting with potentially unknown social consequences down the line. Oh, they are known. They are not unknown social consequences. We know what they are. You know, you're basically getting a research and the people thought that we were going, we, we were gone with, um, 
you know, conspiracy theories and things like that. No, it's now worse. You just need to find a new platform for it. The most recent of two reports published on Monday, Monday morning, took a quant- uh, quantitative look at the users who be identified with or connected to the alt-right movement on Twitter or on Twitter. Uh, author J.M. Berger, a uh, scholar with the EU uh, research group uh, Vox Poll, which has no relation to Vox.com or Vox Media, conducted a detailed analysis of nearly 30,000 30, Twitter accounts that either tweeted alt-right content or followed others who did. The goal was uh, to document the habits and practices of the alt-right on Twitter in a kind of overall sense, uh, senses of the movement. One of the most interesting results is that in the section on tweeted URLs, Analysis of what the content from uh, what co- what content from non-Twitter websites the alt-right accounts chose to broadcast. Berger found that YouTube was by far the most common external site alt-righters linked to. There was about seventy-four thousand tweets li- linked to YouTube videos in his sample. The next closest external site was Facebook with only twenty-three thousand. Berger's report and, provides. Go ahead. And I was going to say, and like, it's not like YouTube isn't aware of this issue. To combat this, YouTube would first have to admit publicly that they are a breeding ground for Nazis, and then say, "We kind of dropped the ball on this one because it, it it is a quick, it is an easy fix for this. You just purge them from your system, and so, when they pop up, you delete them." But it's the same thing that happened with but Twitter. Because, it's it's a it's a it's a feature, not a bug. Yeah, no, the, the, like you said, is the exact same thing that happened with Twitter. It is so easy to do. You can't get sued for it because you as a private company have the right to determine what does and does not violate your terms and services, but because white tech bros love to cater to the feelings of racists instead of the safety of marginalized people, because the worst racism is hurt feeling. And well, no, no, go ahead. Well, no, I think it's worse than that. I don't think it's that they like catering to these races. I, I think it's that they don't care. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a reason why we, you know, we said, you know, Jack Dorsey's a coward. It's because, no, no, Jack is, you know, again, typical white liberal, you know, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, it's the money. He knows that by purging them, could see a significant, and this is especially true of, of YouTube, see a significant decrease in engagement. It's easy. It's, it's, it's one degree of separation from your Ben Shapiro's and your Gavin McGinnis's and, and, and your, your Candace, uh, what was her name? Candace Owens and your soft racist of, uh, the, not even soft racism, but the racism bigotry of like your Richard Myers from Kongsgate or all those uh, anti-Star Wars, anti-SAW videos. Like they're all in the same thing. It's the reason why you watch one of those. Next thing you know, your recommended videos are trash. I was, somebody, somebody told me, uh, hit me up about this the other day, and um, it was so funny because I was thinking the same thing. They had been watching a video game, uh, somebody playing a video game, and they sent me a screenshot of what their recommended videos were. And they were like getting like, like one of them was that dude that, that you know, changed my mind dude who goes on and, you know, fem- feminism sucks, changed my mind. It was one of those guys. He's, they're actually running his ads, too. I've seen it a couple times. I'm watching a video that has nothing to do with politics, nothing to do with that. His, an ad for his channel or his website will pop up, and that'll be the paid ad in there. You are being flooded with this stuff. It's hard to avoid. And the thing about it is, 
it doesn't matter to YouTube. And the same thing that happens with all social media. It doesn't matter if the content is right. If people are talking about it, that's all that matters. So if it's a, you know, an alt-right person, you know, saying how great Donald Trump is, and he gets 100,000 views, and it's people telling him he's wrong, it doesn't matter. YouTube just sees the views. So his content will continue to be pumped, and anybody like him will. I think we covered it. I think the last show I did, I talked about how they're, use, uh, the, they're using these sphere influences to basically, you know, game the system so that all their videos are, being, are showing up in the recommended video list. YouTube doesn't want to admit that their fucking algorithm is getting gamed by races. One, it means admitting that their algorithm isn't, because their excuse for everything is, well, the algorithm, the algorithm, the algorithm. They don't want to admit that their algorithm is fucked up. Two, they also don't want to lose the engagement. There is no financial incentive for YouTube to kick these people off of YouTube. Zero. Nope. Uh, uh, well, oft- oftentimes doing the right thing has no actual reward. Well, uh, no immediate and- financial reward. Yes. That's the thing. Yeah. Um, ultimately, I think YouTube, well, not just YouTube, all of these platforms would be better served in the long run to purge themselves of literal Nazis. Uh, but like you said, the, the, the immediate financial gain for the engagement, even if the engagement is this person is bad, hey, that's still engagement. You're engaging with the content, right? Like that's why uh, originally, so dealing with these things um, over the history of the internet has gone through interesting cycles. The first iteration of trolling on message boards, the, the way to deal with it was people said, don't feed the trolls. If you pay attention to them, then that, you know, you're only feeding into your own harassment. We later learned that that's bad because basically what you're doing when you say don't feed the trolls, what you're saying is you're allowing trolls to inhabit these spaces unabated and they will continue to do whatever they want because even if you're not quote unquote feeding them, your existence is enough for them to target and harass you. You are not the problem. The troll is the problem. And that's led us to the, the new strategy of ostracization. You isolate and ostracize the troll and let them know that the behavior is untenable. What we learn now is people are taking that engagement and profiting off of it inadvertently giving the troll a larger platform which leads us now to the new way that um that homeland security says you should deal with um trolls and white nationalists in these spaces you just ban them outright you just do not allow them into the space right like it it, it seems like such a simple solution do not like it, it, it's what don't feed the trolls should have been don't let the trolls end in the first place and when you have it when you have an infestation you purge it and you let people know this behavior is untenable and we're not going to engage with it. So on Twitter now, what you're seeing is there's a, there's a push for people not to quote unquote dunk on Nazis or racists anymore because now you're just giving that Nazi larger platform. Just block. You can talk about it, but do not directly link the person or if you're going to link their work just for the sake of discussion, use, uh, use sites like do not link or take screenshots or something that mm-hmm. does not give that person direct engagement. Yep. It's the only way to, it's the only way to deal with it. Yeah, it's the only, because they're beating, the, the they're beating paradigm as a, they're, now. Yeah. Yeah, like, like our new paradigm now, even debunking it directly and directly confronting it is helping them. 
So now we have to find new ways to combat this without inadvertently giving larger platform or giving viewers or giving an audience to these things. And it's only that way because of the platforms themselves. It's not like the, when we say do not engage, we're not saying that the people doing the engaging are in the wrong. What we're saying is the platform is built as such that when you do the right thing, like when you directly engage and directly debunk, you're inadvertently helping them because the platform is built off of that argument and they want to pe- they want more people to see the argument so they're going to drive more people to see that person. Mm-hmm. So instead of giving, let's say, you the larger audience, what they're doing is saying, this is the source of conflict, source of conflict is generating views, let's push more people to the source of the conflict. And, and, and this is not, not yeah, yeah. And, and it should be stated, this is not a technical issue. Because they could clearly do this because they, 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 they do the whole thing of shadow banning. There's a, there's processes where they find a way to demote people's appearance. They haven't outright banned them, but they made it so that their accounts and their 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 tweets and their their videos don't get seen by the large number. There are ways to technically handle this easily. They are purposely not doing. It. Right, because and that's not when, conspiracy. That's just that's just fact. That was the la- the last time I was on. We talked about Jack Dorsey being a coward, and yeah. like we discussed then. This is a feature because they've realized if more people are going to my site to look at stuff, then that's more ad views and that's more money in my pocket. Right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't so matter. It, yeah, it doesn't matter with the content. There is no and this is where I think that we uh we need to we need to have conversations because YouTube has become YouTube has become like you can't do some of the things you see and do on YouTube. You can't do that on network TV. You can't do that on cable TV because there are standards. There are regulations. There are requirements. There aren't any on YouTube. You can be a dude in your basement, make shit up, and there's no consequences for it. There is no. You you can be a Richard Meyer and push your Nazi-adjacent bigotry, and there's no penalty. You can direct your followers to harass people, and there's no penalty. Uh, and just a, he's a good example for this because you know what he's done now is he's basically gone back and deleted a lot of his old videos. He deleted a lot of his old tweets. He's now presenting himself as the victim being attacked by the uh, uh, the mainstream comic book medium. This is the guy who runs Diversity in Comics, the guy who had all these terrible videos stuff like that. We've talked about him before, but the reason why he's doing all that now is because he's running his his own Kickstarter. It's not a Kickstarter, it's like Indigo or whatever to get his book. And it's gotten funded. It's got like over, it's like hundreds of thousands of dollars. And so now he turned, and that's what they all do, right? They all found a way to turn manufacturer outrage into funds. And now he's going back and trying to deny all this stuff, making himself seem like the victim and deleting his old stuff, pretending like he didn't do it. And that's what they're doing. This is all just a ploy to make money. Yeah, the, the, they're making money, and like I don't, I also don't want to underscore like for people like Richard Meyer, they actually believe the bullshit they're peddling. Oh no, no, yeah, they, they, they definitely do. This is not like they've just they've just found a way to profit off of said bigotry. Now there are some that I think are are, are going around with it, like um, who was it? Um, Candace Owen. I think she's just opportunistic. I believe she's 100% opportunistic because she went from being a Donald Trump, uh, not being against Donald Trump to now all of a sudden 
And I think so. I think that there definitely are some people like that. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, ridiculous, absolutely yeah, ridiculous. And, and so uh, Richard Myers following the same model laid out by Milo. Right, Milo got his start as a Gamergate guy. He was one of the guys leading the charge in Gamergate. He became popular by saying, hey, these women in games, they're the real problem. That He peddled that to, to positions at Breitbart. He peddled that to his autobiography, and he peddled that to speaking engagements. That's the model, and he was largely able to do that because the platforms he was on refused to take action. Twitter did not take action against Milo until he thought he was big enough to go after Leslie Jones. Mm-hmm. And even then, it took a him while. going after Leslie Jones, yeah, it, it took a while for Twitter to actually say, okay, we'll ban him. But he still has shadow accounts on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Right? Like they, they, they got rid of the blue check account, but his shadow accounts are still on Twitter. Richard Meyer is still on Twitter. Um, oh, what's the dude from the Proud Boys? Gavin. Oh, hey, let's, I'm, 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 I'm glad you brought up Gavin because that's my next thing. Because there was a, a, a thing with uh, in New York, there was a um, the Proud Boys. They, they, they were protected by the police. They also beat up a bunch of uh, counter protesters uh, in New York. And like Gavin McGinnis is such a an interesting thing because um, this is a. Uh, he found advice. He found advice, and it so wasn't Vice. Didn't, didn't Vice do the? It wasn't Vice the one that did the the, the had the lady doing interviewing uh, the crying Nazi, or was that somebody else? That was Vice. So Vice had uh, the series where she was embedded with the Nazis pre Charlottesville. Yes, yes. Uh, so it was Vice. Like, yeah. yeah, but that like, that documentary was actually really well done because it yeah. like showed it 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 showed how ridiculous they are. How, how ridiculous they are, how horrific they are, and also how normal they are. Yeah. Like how, like, no, these are people that live next to you. You yeah. should be, like, this is what you got to watch out for. Yeah. But remember like, a couple of months ago, that article came out about how Vice was essentially a boys club and had a lot of bigotry, like, at the top. Mm-hmm. Next was they done on Vice. And now we're like, oh, this man, like when I, when I, uh, I was reading up on the Proud Boys, I was like, why does that name Gavin McGinnis sound so familiar? Thank you, Pocket. I just searched this name in my pocket. I'm like, oh, you're the asshole who found advice. They were already talking about you being a possible Nazi before. This makes complete sense. The call is coming from inside the house. Yes. The call is coming from inside the house. Here, here he is now. This is, this is the, the video of him because he's always talking about, people are like, yo, the Proud Boys are a violent, they, they are a violent gang. He has turned them into a violent gang. This goes into, you know how people are always trying to say that the, the, the OK symbol is, it, it was a hoax, it's not really a white. No, it has been co-opted. It is now definitely a white power symbol. Here he is talking right. about this. This is the video that was on Twitter. They kind of went on. Uh, I started this gang called the Proud Boys. And, the uh, Proud Boys? The Proud Boys. What is the, what's Proud Boys about? We will kill you. By the way, that's Joe Rogan was the other guy you was talking to. He actually went on to the Rogan it's the proud boys in a nutshell we will kill you we look nice we seem soft we have boys in our name but like bill the butcher and the bowery boys we will assassinate you now part of the reason i agree to do the talk is because i'm allowed to bring all my guys and we can fight our way in and fight our way out 
I think it's our job to do it. And the cops just turn a blind eye. If you're wearing a MAGA hat, as Sal is right now, Sal's in the studio, folks. Oh my God, it's Sal Cipolla. Where are you from? On here. Wow, you came, came a long way. Wearing a MAGA hat, and some guy with a slightly punk demeanor comes up to you and says, Hey, are you Sal or are you pro Trump? Choke him. Trust your instincts. Don't listen to what he has to say. Choke him. If I do a video where I say, How about we start throwing bricks? Is that legal? I, you can't call for violence on a specific person, but can you say they're throwing bricks? We should throw bricks. Can you call for violence generally? Because I am. Fighting solves everything. We need more violence from the... the uh, so, because the video, they actually show... Because he was actually in the New York... He was act So, it wasn't just like some random Proud Boys were in New York. Gavin McGinnis was there, too. He was speaking. He got out of a car with a samurai sword at one point. Trump people, Trump supporters, choke a motherfucker, choke a bitch, choke a tranny. And he did it in front of the cops. The cops did nothing. The cops made sure that they were protected. It's not like the cops did nothing. The cops made sure that if you made a move on Gavin McGinnis or his group, that you were the one that was targeted by the police. The only people that were, the only people that were arrested were two of the counter-protesters, and some of them had gotten beaten up. Choke a bitch. Choke a tranny. Get your fingers around the windpipe. I want violence. I want punching in the face. I'm disappointed in Trump supporters for not punching enough. Get a fucking gun. Jason Kessler, organizer of the Unite the Right, the one that got Heather uh, Heyer killed, proud boy. Ready to blow someone's fucking head off. Uh, I've even killed people in my dreams. That's how awesome my gun is. Get in trouble, get arrested, get fired. Let's all get in this together. They can't kill us all. Yeah, I got green tips, man. Those will go through at least three bodies. Oh, beautiful. Plop. I love the way he falls on his ass. They said, you want to go? I said, yeah, I want to fucking go. And I punched him in the face. And then Coulter emailed me later and she goes, conservatives never punched anyone in the face. Finally, yeah. these are turning around. And then Mouseberg goes, you're not advocating violence, are you? And I go, I absolutely am. It's a wonderful, effective thing. These guys aren't jokes, yo. They're not jokes. They're, these are, it's a resurgence of... They've always been there, but it's a resurgence of violent white nationalist groups. Protected by the police. Yeah. Protected and by the police. Again, the only way to deal with these types of groups is show of force and like. I get people saying, oh, I, I don't know about Antifa, they're so violent. Because it worked. The Proud Boys showed up in, I want to say it was Portland or Seattle, somewhere in Oregon. Um, this was, a, I want to say, a year or two, a year or so ago. I think it happened and again this year, too. Up. Yeah, they got ran out. They didn't just get ran out. They got beat the fuck down and then ran out. And that's when everyone was like, oh, I can't believe Antifa did this. And I was like, I mean, all you have to do is not be a Nazi and you don't get hit. I don't see the problem. This is what happens when you don't punch Nazis or when you, at a minimum, don't when you allow Nazis to feel comfortable, they congregate. And when Nazis congregate, they assault people. The Proud Boys assaulted two people in New York, and now Gavin McGinnis has negotiated for the surrender of eight of the 30 people involved in the assault. And again, it what took a, the actual fuck. It took a while for that to happen. 
because nobody thought it was going to happen. Nobody thought that they were going to be charged with it. He was protected by the police. Yeah. Just saying, like, yeah, I don't want to hear anybody talking about violence isn't the answer because you have to meet this kind of violence with violence. You you just, there is no other way. There, there absolutely is no other fucking way. Because if you don't, what you got to understand is you, you're, you're, we're not dealing with like, there's not the proud, there's a reason why the proud boys didn't, didn't blow up under Barack Obama, right? You would think that if they thought this was, they felt so much, so threatened that the proud boys and all these other white nationalist groups, that they would have come out because they, they were growing under Obama, but you would think that they would, they would have come out and, and, and bun been as forceful as they are now, as loud as, as open out in the open as they are. There's a reason why they didn't do it under Obama because you did it. They weren't going to be able to do that under an administration like that. They would have gotten shut the fuck down. But right now, operating under Trump, when you can probably get, what group is it that Trump's going to go speak to? He's going to speak to like some, some racist white nationalist group anyway. Like it, come on. Come on. Obama's Homeland Security had actually prioritized the categorization and monitoring of white nationalist groups because they had identified in 2007 the greatest threat to American democracy is far right is far right wing white nationalists. They had identified that in 2007. They had made it a priority to categorize and monitor all of these groups so that if, if, if one of them ever got too big for their britches, they had the tools necessary to take them down. Contrast that to Donald Trump, who I don't know if Jeff Sessions, if he tasked Jeff Sessions to do this or if Jeff Sessions wanted to do this himself. Both are valid answers. They're now targeting, quote, black identity extremists. Mm-hmm. So bringing this all the way back to our initial conversation about why the lesser of two evils is a bullshit argument. This is what happens when you fall for that lesser of two evils. Also, I think it's, I think it's really funny to, um, like, before midterm, all this conversation is coming back about how voting is stupid. Right? Like, right before midterm, suddenly it's like, well, I don't know, man, maybe we just shouldn't vote. I'm like, uh huh? We're doing this now? Like, midterms are a couple weeks out. I, I want to know we're, how, we're, many, we're how much of that. I want to know how much of that is being manipulated by not just Russian bots, but just bots. Yeah. People don't understand that you're being manipulated into thinking some things about bots. And if you think that's false, uh, remember that video, that viral video of the, the woman in Russia uh, pouring stuff on, on, on man spreaders on the subway? And it turned out that that was a false thing pushed by the Russians. It's a test case, guys. Well, so, it's a test so case. This is, that, those type of, God, I don't want to use false flag, but I can't think of a, a better right, I know. term for it. Uh, but those type of operations, those have been going on, I'll be generous and say 2006. 4chan and the backslash POL board, what they would do is they would create these scenarios. Oh, here's, here's, a, here's a great one. I, I, we're, we're all on Twitter at this time, so this one should, uh, we should all remember this one. Do you remember when quote unquote black women were pushing that Father's Day should actually be Mother's Day? Mm hmm. We found out that was a 4chan op. Mm-hmm. Like, that was by and large bullshit. But what it does is it gets enough people taking it seriously that they begin to permit that as actual discourse to discredit black feminists. Much like the operation in Russia, where she was pouring, they said it was bleach onto people's laps. They said, look at this white feminist in New York, pouring bleach on people. 
the discussion now becomes look at these violent feminists instead of hey doesn't this this doesn't seem odd to you like this doesn't it doesn't seem off but no now the discussion has shifted to stroke ire against a group that you were already predispositioned against right like you you hate feminists this is why i hate feminists they're violent they're radical they're assaulting people and if a woman did this to me i'd punch her in the face mission accomplished you are now all, your ire has already been stoked against the group you're already predispositioned against or let's say you're on the fence yeah this is why i can't get down with feminists you know they're just so they're so radical they're so violent i i i can't get down with that can't we can't we all just get along mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so and, and and that's what these types of things do when we say you know when we talk about specifically russia hacking the election we were not typically referring to um the actual commandeering and taking over of voting machines when we're talking about hijacking the discourse of the electorate and making them focus on things like oh i don't know feminists pouring bleach on people on the subway or violent black nationalists or whatever the the bullshit articles that were coming out to make people like oh the black people of Hillary Clinton gets elected, the blacks are going to riot. Like, it's things like that. Or it's something more subtle, like, excuse me, we found out the, the black guy working for Breitbart, blacks against Clinton. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's operations like that to get you to either vote for Trump or not vote for Clinton. Mm-hmm. That, that's what the goal was then. Now the, the goal is similar. They're just trying to discourage you from voting for the Democratic candidate because they're either too radical or not radical enough. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm sorry. I'm watching this video that was sent to me on Twitter about these uh, two white boys trying to take down this big, I don't know what race he is, but he's definitely brown. And uh, he fucking smashed both of these dudes. <laughs> it's fucking amazing. <laughs> like, like one of them still laying on the ground. It's like apparently he's a wrestler. He took down. He took both of them down. Oh, he took almost both of them down with a double leg with a with, with a double leg takedown. He almost took down two people. He slammed one of them on the ground, and then he took the other one down. This is amazing. <laughs> my uh, my favorite video like that uh, in Seattle. This dude saw Nazi with the SS armband. Oh, I remember on that one. Yes. And you're like, yo, there's a Nazi on my train. Uh, an Antifa account. Tell us what exit he gets off at. We'll <laughs> handle the rest. Next thing you know, we have video of this Nazi on his soapbox doing his Nazi stuff. This dude walks up to him, and the Nazi says, that's far enough, sir. And he gets clocked one good time, and he goes to sleep. What I'm loving about this video is... What I'm loving about this video yeah. is... Yo... He, he slams the one dude, and the one dude is like, got, it's concrete. So the one dude's like, head is just like, he's fucked up. But like, the dude's mom and stuff like that ran out to, afterwards and stuff like that. I'm like, but you saw both of your boys run up on this dude, and you didn't do shit. But then once your boy got hurt, all of a sudden now, you want to jump in on that shit. It's like, nah, <laughs> no. Your, your son deserved that, 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 that ass whooping and that concussion he got, yo. It just. <laughs> <laughs> weight classes exist for a reason Yo, it, he was uh, definitely out of, he, I mean he's both of their he, both of them <laughs> the same weight class as that one dude yo just like don't do it don't get yourself hurt 
fly that video over. That that is gonna be my self. Oh, is it, 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 was, uh, it was just look at uh yeah, we, I'm about to retweet it right now. This is fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah, man, like I'm sorry. You're not gonna be able to convince me that Nazis being beaten isn't not only funny, but it's wrong somehow. Like, oh, we shouldn't be violent to people, we shouldn't hit people. They're Nazis. When do we start caring about the feelings? Uh, of I don't Nazis? give a shit about the feelings of Nazis. I really don't. Like, so, so hold on. Um, wow, coming back to Vice. You remember that thing Vice did about Wolfenstein? Uh, about how Bethesda was like, oh, fuck, fuck Nazis? Something like that? Yeah. Yo, that is such a great interview. Because first the writer's like, can I say Nazi? You can say Nazi. Okay, cool. Fuck Nazis. I fucking hate Nazis. Um, and I read up on that. The, the writer, he's from Sweden. So it's very possible that he has a very real history with Nazis in his family. It's like his body language. He has a very personal like experience with Nazis. That he really hates Nazis. And then he started talking to the was it the vice president of marketing. He was like, I mean, people that get offended are Nazis. So fuck Nazis. Like, why do I care about how Nazis feel? They're Nazis. I don't give a shit. I feel like we should all take that attitude as a society. They're Nazis. Like, not, not even, oh, you're just calling them a Nazi. No, they are violent white nationalists. They are Nazis. Mm-hmm. Why do I give a shit? I don't. I don't. I just don't. All right, so um, I'm going to say, I was going to do this new segment called Chris Ranch, where I just ran about some random thing. I'm going to say it for next week. It's basically, I'm tired of seeing these Blue Lives Matter flags here in Maryland. Uh, they're on every everywhere on the back of cars, so I'm gonna save that because there's something else I wanted to do. Um, the kind of where you're talking about this YouTube stuff, but I wanted to talk about something else. Um, and I said I would bring it up on this show, and this is the big this is the big thing that came out this week about um the fake metrics that that Facebook is being sued over. Um, because you know that a lot of places were and this happened over the last year. A lot of places were shutting down their writing shops, and I think it was a BuzzFeed that just shut down their 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 podcasts. They shut down all their podcast department because this is pivot to video. And I don't blame the. Well, I kind of do blame them because they're being told by Facebook that the videos are the next big thing, and and, and the basic thing is the metrics that Facebook was using were lies. Um, once again, the the, the media is right, righteously furious with Facebook this time for allegedly misleading advertisers as to how many people were watching videos on social social network. The very may be well warned that the righteousness not so much. There are racers on um, Facebook's alleged uh, deception of advertisers about a particular statistic having to do with video viewership. Uh, Facebook admits it screwed up, but it denies that it intentionally misled people. So the tip mass a deeper lie that part of Facebook and publishers alike. To understand why any of the matter, you have to rewind to 2015. That's when uh, Facebook executives, and including us, uh, executives including Mark Zuckerberg, were going around the world preaching the gospel of online videos. Video, they said, was the future of Facebook, the future of media. Text and pictures were that were out within five years. It said Facebook's news feeds might be mostly video. To back up the claims, Facebook touted impressive statistics that showed vast numbers of people were not only seeing the videos in their feed but pausing to watch videos for extended periods of time. That kind of data is catnip to online advertisers who pursue mostly in vain any more morsel of evidence that people are actually paying attention to any to the ads that they spend so much money on. Which is going to be like if you were to talk about the next tech bubble, that's going to be the next tech tech bubble. Anything that's relying on advertisers and ads, when they realize that the, you're not actually getting what you think you're paying for, because think about it. 
How many ads do you see throughout your day now on online? Because we're always on there. When we were joking about Malbat and, and Spybot before and all this stuff that, you know, and what was the thing? Um, what was the thing that, that ad blocker? Remember ad blocker? Um, yeah. Now, you know, most of us don't run any of that stuff, right? Because you just, at this point, ads are just part of the thing you see. How many ads do you click on or you think motivate anything you do? I can tell you right now, I rarely right. click on any of the ads. And I'm online almost all day. So if I'm awake for 16 hours, almost 16 of those hours, about 14 of those hours, I'm probably online. I rarely click on ads. I rarely get influenced by ads. I think a lot of people are like that. Um, as advertising budget shunted, uh, um, as advertising budget shunted towards video to tap into the parent uh, Facebook video viewership, Goldmine publishers' editorial budgets followed. Publications like Mike, Vice, uh, Mashable, and others laid off writers and editors and cut back on tech stories to focus on producing short, snappy videos of people watching for people watching their Facebook feeds. One problem: Facebook numbers turned out to be all wrong. In 2016, the Wall Street Journal reported and, sub, and Facebook subsequently confessed the company had been seriously miscalculating key uh, multiple key metrics, including Average duration of video viewed. The error of Facebook was only counting views longer than three seconds in its average and thus completely ignoring the vast majority of people who scroll right past them, which is something that I talk about at the time. Um, something that also, uh, if you think about, um, SoundCloud kind of does it as well, right? If you go to SoundCloud, the way SoundCloud counts is you, a, a, a download or a listen is if you basically just listen to if, if, if you like, it's like three seconds, right? But if you ever gone to a sound, if you ever clicked a SoundCloud link or click, gone past my SoundCloud page, they automatically play. So if they auto play and they count three seconds to listen, did you ever listen? My answer is no. I think for Facebook, I mean, uh, for YouTube, even YouTube, I think they count it as 15 seconds, which is longer. And it makes sense because at 15 seconds, you're probably in or out by that time. But Facebook is three seconds. Facebook ads, because you know this, as you scroll through a Facebook feed, they play automatically. And if it doesn't take up the entire page, if you're looking at the post above it and the, and the video below it is playing, it counts as a view. But did you actually watch the video? Right. And the trap that these organizations fell into was they assumed that views would generate traffic. And right? they and do not. It's easy to fall into that trap based on the numbers Facebook was pushing out, but just if you, it's one of those things where if you sit and think about it, pivoting to video would only work if the soul, like if you're, you're, you are a dedicated video operation and not trying to crank out these quick clips for Facebook and YouTube or whatever, but an actual dedicated, we are now doing video journalism, but you'd still need writers for that. Like the, the, the whole strategy when you just sit and think about it, I'm like this, there's no way this was going to work, but I see how they fell into that trap by looking at the data Facebook was pumping out saying, look at all of these views on the on what we're generating. Well, if people are on Facebook and they're using this platform to get their news, maybe I can cut costs by getting rid of my writers and focusing more on these quick video clips. The 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 upworthies, the now this. Like if I follow that model, maybe that will be more profitable for me. And 
it didn't work at all because it doesn't make any sense think about it like we, we do podcasts right i get a certain number of downloads from my podcast how do those do those how many people who listen to the show actually click through or find and go to the site barely a fraction of them. it's not the same thing if you're on facebook what, what i watch a thing again like you said how many times do i watch a, a video because i'm running facebook ads the number of the impressions you get basically i think that's the, the number of people that that see your ad versus how many people actually click through it is ridiculously low. It might it's not be also, totally. It might not be totally worthless, you know, because that one person can. That one person again, depending on what your content is, right? That one person goes to the character corner and they like what they did. Next thing you know, that one person can then go tell three or four of their friends. So I might be getting getting out of any benefit that way. But the way these these companies are working and the way they they need to make their money and the way they were doing it, no way it was going to pay off the way they thought it was going to pay off. So it, you and Rod talk about this a lot. We talk about monetizing your podcast, right? The followers you have, you uh, what is the benchmark? So you said if it, if you if if you're going uh, premium, if you can get, I think you guys said either five or ten percent of your total listener base to that is your, premium. That's that, like that is an overwhelming success. Yeah, you're, you're looking at one percent. One percent is probably where it's at. If you can get five to ten, you're amazing. You're doing well. Look at, I mean, think and about I that. Think, <laughs> and I think the, the, these companies, they started buying into the, the hype of their own followings in these spaces and saying, okay, I've got a million followers. That's going to turn into a million. That's gonna, that traffic is going to uh, turn into either a million views or whatever, uh, a million hits on my site. That I can turn that million followers. It is a one-for-one -one ratio of followers to views to traffic. And that's not the case. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not even close. But so many of these, and and that's where my sympathy for these the these outlets goes away, right? Because even even if you believe um, what, uh, sorry, I hit the hit, hit the mic and my thing went down. But even even if you believe what Facebook was saying about um, what what was uh, what was possible. You had to know just common sense that it's going to take a lot to get get that kind of result. Like it just wasn't going. To, I mean, that's just smart business tells you that you know you don't get rid of what you, you don't. If anything, you're going to try. You should try to add to the base you already have. You don't get away from them by switching over. Guess what happened? So many, so many people they fired good people. They fired good writers. They fired good talent. To pursue a something that was totally out of what they were already doing, so they lo you could have potentially lost who you're already having. If you were already make, having a certain number of fan base and they were getting you through writing, I understand maybe saying, "Hey, we're going to bring in video to bring in more people." But it, by getting rid of the writing, you now lost your, your 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 base that was already there, and now you're finding out the video is not really going anything anyway. Now, so now you lost your you lost the base, your loyal base you used to have. And you're not bringing the new people you thought you were going to have. Because again, let's think about those, the, the advice video. Going, going back to advice, everything's tying. Uh, sorry to God, we did not talk about this today, guys, but everything ties in. The video with uh, the from Vice that they did on um, 
the uh, the neo Nazi series, right? Did anybody watch that on Vice? Shit, I didn't even watch it on Vice. I watched it on I watched it on Facebook. Yeah, I I. And you know what? There's no there were no ads in it. There were no ads in it. So what did you actually get out of it? If I watch it on, if I watch the entire thing on, on Facebook, and I never click through and I never go to Vice to find out what else you have, or even go to your your page, or just say I go to your page, and I just watch another video on your page. Everything is on Facebook. What? Why do I need to go to your page? Why do I need to go somewhere where we actually get you money? Now, now Facebook had added in Facebook ads. And they're the worst because they, they always start, they never, they're, they're always added at the worst time. And you can't skip them. But, like, what does it matter at this point? Because you know what happens at this point now? I'm watching an interesting video. Then the Facebook ad comes in at the wrong time. You know what I stopped doing? I stopped watching the video. Yeah. Like, if, if, I, if an ad pops up on my Facebook, well, I'm watching like, something. Cause, uh, so, Zach Morris is trash from Funny or Die. An ad will pop up in the middle of that, and I'll be like, why am I doing this? I was going to YouTube because I don't have ads on my YouTube. Well, other thing, too. It's say, it's say I, don't have, I still have ads on my YouTube. YouTube apps, ads, most times, most people throw them in at the beginning, or they find good breaks to put the ads into. So, you're like, okay, and you can skip them. For three seconds, I can skip the ad. Facebook is putting in ads you can't skip. And they're like 15, 15 seconds long. Fuck that, I'm done. So good people got yeah. fired. People have completely turned their back. So if, 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 if anything, again, Facebook is trash. Zach's, you know. Is it amazing that Zuckerberg is trash when he's a guy who might have stole his work and didn't really do anything himself, but stole work from somebody else? Are we really, are we really that surprised that he's trash? Nothing about Mark Mark Zuckerberg works. The only thing you know, you know, the only good, the only good tech 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 bro I think is out there. Tom from MySpace, he got his money in bounds. What is Tom doing? Oh yeah, Tom Tom read the game for what it was. And said, yeah, let me get my let me get my coins and get out. Tom got his check in bounce, and we ain't seen Tom since. <laughs> you know, no. Tom pops up on MySpace or Tom pops up on Twitter every now and then to remind y'all. Hey man, y'all got jokes, but uh, I'm paid. Yeah, I mean, you know, don't get it twisted. Y'all got jokes, but for the most part, your jokes are funny. But uh, I still got paid. Yeah, you know, so you know, just just letting you guys know. Um, yeah, man, it's fucking crazy. I just all the people are gone, and for what? You know, but j- j- I have no, and I have no, sympathy, to, I have no sympathy uh, for them because again, you they turn the some of these they turn their back on their. This is a, this is a case, testable case of never turn your back on the people who got you where you were. People got if you got to where you were because of uh, of text and writing and people were there. It doesn't mean you can't expand and go other places, but never turn your back on what it is. And they did it overnight. That's the crazy thing they got me. It's not like they did it gradually to see if it would work and to test the waters. They immediately went. Facebook said the videos of future, so we're trashing everything we've 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 built for the decades and we're going over to video. What are you going to do with video? We don't know, but it's the future. Well, how, why, how is it? Can you answer any of those basic questions of how, why it's the future? No, we can't. So then why are we doing it? 
Right. So then it then it becomes so what are we doing here? Or like what 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 are we trying to accomplish? It sounds like you're trying to 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 cut costs. Like that that ultimately to me, it sounds like they're trying to cut costs by not paying writers and focusing on something that they thought they could do cheaply. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. No one in the right fucking mind thought you can do video cheaply. Like, there's no way to do video cheaply. Like, for, over writers? Like, the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Just from the equipment, putting this stuff together, editing it, getting all this stuff. Yo, doing all that shit? You might as well have somebody write shit for you, and it would have been done. Out their nope, goddamn they, minds. They, like, again, uh, uh, an earlier point we touched on the immediate financial gain. They, they didn't play the long game at all. All right. Last thing, uh, no great moments of white privilege today. Uh, like I said, I'll do the Chris rant next week. Um, but I'm about to change his name from do you even sci-fi bro to, would you guys please stop trying to fuck robots? Drive me fucking yo, crazy. yo, I'm this. I'm, you guys are driving me fucking crazy. I'm, I'm serious. Like, stop trying to fuck robots. Like this. This was sent to me. I think the doctor did this one. Sex doll rental company will make a replica of your dead lover. Why? 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 Like, why? Why? I swear they announced this like within a week of like them announcing the, the giving us the first teacher poster of the new pet cemetery. Like, why would you guys do that? It, it is. It is. You know what? No, it's viral marketing for the new pet cemetery. That's what this is. Thank you, Chris. That 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 is how I will rationalize this because there's no way a person would want to reconstruct a robot version of their dead. It's a sex robot. You only get a sex robot for the sex. I, it, 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 I'm broken. I, I am at a loss of words. I, I have nothing for this. Just why? Isn't there a Blade Runner about this? Like, I feel like there's a movie about this very thing. Like, I feel I, like it, all Blade Runner is about is robots being used as sex slaves. So, uh, a mom is offering one of UK's first sex doll rental services. First of all, sex doll rental service. You're renting sex dolls. If you're renting a sex doll. You have problems. You already have fucking problems. It's just, <sighs> an offer to make the uh, make the dolls for those seeking cover from losing a partner by matching their likeness. Jay Stanley, thirty five, says business is booming and now offers the first ever rental service for those looking for comfort for losing a loved one. If you stick your dick into a used sex doll, do do we have to tell you not to put your dick in a toaster? Like, is that is that a thing? Like, don't don't put your dick in a toaster. Not hard, guys. The Mary Mama Four said, "We have a lot of people approach us about who have dolls made that resemble a partner they have lost. It can be very beneficial for them. It helps them keep a piece of their loved one. It provi- it pro- it provides them with comfort. And people don't always buy the dolls for a sort of reason. You know what? I figured it out. You said you you said it was a pet cemetery. It's not. You know another thing they did. They gave us a a, a preview of the next Chucky movie." The new Chucky reboot, I think they're doing. That's what this is. This is fucking. This is fucking. This is, 
You fucking you, you you fucking turn your lover into a fucking good guy doll. Fuck's wrong with you guys? So Fuck. here here's the other thing. Your lover is dead, and you reconstruct the sex doll of them. I. It is rubbing me the wrong way that you want to recreate the intimacy that you had with your partner with a robot. Well, technically, these, is, these, are, these are just the dolls. I don't have the so words the, to describe it, but that is off to me. These are not the robots yet, but you know that's next. Um, well, this goes back to something I've said when we first started talking about this stuff, right? Because I, I get it, right? You know, is a sex doll really that much different from a fleshlight or a dildo or anything like that? And I think in general, the answer, the, I mean, the, the clinical answer is no. The problem I always have with this is, and I guess it's a little bit different because it is a woman creating this. I just feel like, but even then, I feel like everything is aimed towards men. They're not creating male sex dolls. They're women sex dolls. Female sex dolls. Mostly aimed at their clientele is probably men. Like even here, it's like, um, uh, it's also it's great for people who feel socially awkward about approaching the opposite sex. It's like, I mean, that's part of life. You need to get over that shit. Like, I'm just bothered by the idea that, like, if this, if I felt like this was in, in, um, if I felt like there was a well-joint venture where, you know, men and women are coming together to, you know, I don't know, make sex less, you know, awkward for people in general, fine, okay. But I feel like this is just another example of men creating an industry to serve their needs so they, they don't have to talk to women but still get the sex they want. It's just, it, I'm sorry, it's creepy. It's creepy. It's creepy. Very much so. Like, th this is... I, again, I don't have the words to properly describe what is so off-putting about it, but this is just weird. But it's not the end of it. It's not the end of it. No, you're not, you're not done. You're not done. Because the other thing I saw this week was the whole fucking Boston, Boston dynamics need to be fucking shut down. We need to take, we need to take torches and pitchforks and go over to Boston dynamics because they're going to be the ones that create fucking Skynet. They, that's them. The Boston dynamics are going to be the, the death of us all. I'm saying it right now. It is uh, uh, October 20th, 2018. At 2.20 p.m. on the Insanity Check, I'm saying, Chris is saying right now, Boston Dynamics is going to be what kills us all. Teaching a goddamn humanoid robot to do parkour, yo. Is Boston Dynamics the same group that's teaching robots how to fire guns? <laughs> Probably. I... You know what? We had a good, we, we had a good run, humanity. You know, it, it, there comes a time where you realize that Maybe someone else should have a time or someone else should have a, a chance. And I, I feel like robots are making a strong case. Uh, they can't do any worse than we did. Uh, they would survive the heat death of the universe. Uh, we wouldn't survive global warming. So that's one thing they have on us. Uh, you know what? Maybe, maybe, we should, maybe we should give the robots a chance at this point. That's a defeatist attitude, first of all. Um, secondly, <laughs> uh, 
just a fetus attitude. But you, I mean, you might not be wrong. But like, because remember, it's like it's it, it, they already had this. You saw the stuntman robot, right? Where they was uh, basically having to do fucking Superman poses and shit like that and swing on. So now you got the parkour. Like you're fucking teaching. They are te- they are they are training robots to be like the robots from iRobot. Now that iRobot robot that like you do fucking superhero landing and shit like that. Like, why are you teaching? Robots to be Spider Man. That's the last thing we need right now. What are you doing? So, correction, it's not Boston Dynamics. It is a Russian company that is training robots how to shoot pistols. Oh, that's just what we need, right? You know, first they steal the election. Now they're going <laughs> to kill us all by teaching the robots how to fucking shoot guns. Oh, that's fucking great. Russia's just brilliant. Love those guys over there. Like we, we, we know how iRobot ended, right? They decided the only way to protect humanity was to isolate humanity because we are the greatest threat to ourselves. Clearly we are because we're making robots that can shoot, traverse uh, terrain. Um, yeah, like you're not outrunning a robot. You're going to get tired. The robot's not. It's going to catch you eventually. I am disgusted with everybody. And then on top of that, some of you guys want to fuck them. You guys want to take the doll, the sex dolls, and then put robot brains into the sex dolls, and then they can also do poor core and can be superheroes, and then... <sighs> this is all bad. It's all bad. It all ain't bad. good. But then again, you know what it is? You know what I'm thinking about it? And this is a good way to end the show? Under Trump, maybe we, maybe it's what we deserve. I mean, going back full circle, it's like uh, we were the problem. We're the reason as a collective. We are the ones that got Trump. I know people are going to say, "Oh, well, she, he lost a popular vote." Yeah, I get that. I get that. I get that. I get that. I hear you out, but um, still won. Shouldn't even come close. Shouldn't have even been yeah, a problem. So I, here's my thing. Well, he lost a popular vote. Okay, and. Right, like we don't elect. The, if you took your eighth grade civics class, you would understand that we do not elect by popular vote in this country. We have an electoral college, which means that even though you can win a the popular vote of the people in this country, you can still lose the election. So I don't get why that's an argument to be made. Like, are you saying, oh well, people didn't vote? Well, the people didn't vote for him. No, sixty-five million people still voted for him. What What are you trying to say here? Like that, that when people make that point, it just baffles me. Like, okay. And what what does that mean? What do you actually mean when you say that? Uh, but going full circle, going back to Secret Empire, uh, Sam Wilson, maybe this is what we deserve. I'm going to go back and reread that. Like that, that I know people hated on it because they didn't like the idea of Nazi Captain America, but uh, timely it worked. Not only was it timely, it worked. It really worked. And I think a lot of the pushback to it was people didn't didn't like the mirror being held up to them. Uh, but, and I guess it, it's further confirmation that I'm right about this. All the black people I know that read this, that read that series, enjoyed the hell out of it. So I'm like, okay, we all saw the same thing. So... I feel I feel way better about enjoying because I'm like okay we're all seeing the same thing here this is this is a deconstruction of America and how America could easily fall under or fall into fascism and how they've already kind of have these tendencies yes okay great 
Um, but yeah, man, maybe this is what we deserve. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, all right, man, this is the end of the show because I got two more shows to do today. So uh, I'm going to call it, a, call it a wrap. I think, I think, I think we, I think we su- su- you know, we sufficiently is handy checked today. Um, tell people where they can find you and what you guys got coming up on over there at Three Fifths. Yeah, man, you can find me personally at LJ90 on Twitter. You can check us out at the Three Fifths Podcast, K H R E E F I F S P O D C A S T. We're on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play Music. We're not on Google Podcasts yet. We're migrating there. Um, in terms of what we're working on, we're doing a lot of behind the scenes stuff now. So our original content is kind of slowed down because we have a lot of editing and rebuilding of our back end to do. Um, hopefully that'll be done by the the start of the new year. We can start cranking out the all new original content again. Rolling 12 will be kicking back up again. And yeah, we appreciate you guys sticking around for the ride and we can't wait to uh, show you what happens next. Cool. Looking forward to it. So, um, here you guys know, uh, subscribe and Sandy check. Again, make sure you guys subscribe to each of the individual feeds for each of the individual shows. If you subscribe to MTR Network, you'll still get everything for the most part. Um, but we have, you know, we're kicking up with Super Tuesday. So, you know, that feed gets super swamped with all the Super Tuesday stuff. So you might miss something. So, again, the best way to get a show, if you like listening to movie reviews, go to Movie Trailer Reviews. you like listening to Sandy Sandy check, subscribe to Sandy Sandy check. Um, don't forget to leave, uh, leave us reviews. The reviews definitely do help. As well, uh, if you're listening and you just haven't subscribed, subscribe. Make sure you subscribe. Subscribe and make sure you don't miss an episode. Um, shirts are on TeePublic, tpublic.com slash store slash mtr-network. Also, follow us on Instagram. Um, I'm trying to work better on getting stuff out onto Instagram and being more consistent. I was trying that this week. It, you know, I think people enjoy some of the stuff we were putting up there. So we're going to be putting more stuff on our Instagram page, MTR Network. And uh, I might be spreading out to create more accounts for the different shows. But so follows the MTR network and what you'll at least get is we'll get uh, the rest of our, I think I got one more video interview from Titans to put up and I'm going to put uh, thanks to the fact that they've uh, uh, Instagram has made it so you can put longer stuff up on there. I might even do some stuff on Instagram TV. Um, I'm also going to put some of the stuff we have coming up on uh, from future man. Uh, we have some Marvel rising stuff. So follow us on Instagram MTR network. So you can get all of our, uh, photos videos and some other content going up there as well so um stay tuned we're gonna try to i'm trying to get more active on uh outside of just twitter but i'm trying to get more active on using our facebook and our instagram stuff as well so um yeah folks thank you guys very much for listening and uh we'll be back next week till next time peace